This is a podcast from Minute Media. Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is yours, Julie John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio. My name is Mikey Bones, and I'm joined by Cat and Rob. As always, what's going on, guys? Doing good. How you doing? We are back. We took a week off last week. That's kind of sort of my bad. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, but honestly, though, it was a nice break. I'm not gonna lie to anybody. It was very nice. <laughs> yeah, I could get used to not doing this. <laughs> you would miss me way too much, you lying bastard. <laughs> But yeah, we had a week off last week um, on Twitter. If you guys are not keeping up with us on Twitter, you should, because, you know, you would have known that we weren't doing a show last week and upcoming stuff whenever we know in advance, uh, you know, that all goes up on there. So obviously we, we have a pretty, pretty cool couple of uh, episodes coming up, at least in our uh, visibility range. Uh, one is this one, which, as you can tell by the title, it is Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a Patreon pick. We'll get to all that later on. Patreon.com forward slash slash radio. This episode, Kat, you and I have been pushing and kicking that can down the fucking road for quite some yep. time now. And the patrons uh, forced our hand here. <laughs> yeah. They were tired of hearing us tease this episode. I was surprised somebody pulled the pin on that grenade, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, our patrons like bloodshed yeah. is what I get from that. And Kat and I are going to finally talk about Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody, I mean, it, for long-term listeners, you know how this goes with this movie with Kat and I. Uh, it's one of Kat's favorite, top two favorite movies. From, top two, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, as Although, we found out. We're in an interesting point with this. Um, you guys were going to find this out sooner or later anyway. We're at an interesting point where X and the Cabin in the Woods are so close for me that I'm starting to think my favorite is whichever one I've seen most recently. Because <laughs> yeah. I was watching it again today, and it's like this this might be better than X. I might like this more than X. I thought you were going to say we're at an interesting point because I watched on the rewatch. This <laughs> didn't hold up. <laughs> Second thought sucks. <laughs> the 500th time did it guys that's it it's terrible it changed my fuck everything i said we gotta do our 300 list all over again uh but yeah so we're gonna do that and uh next week we have ryan turk from blumhouse joining the show that is super fucking awesome uh executive producer all that good stuff creative and and everything else uh i i, I was looking when we were because we had we had spoke to him already but um, doing a little research on him, I seen a very interesting quote for him, and it's that he's the, I forget exactly how it went, but it was like, he's the most important name in horror that you've never heard. 
And I hear that a lot. Of, like, that kind of sums him up perfectly. That's really accurate. Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's a guy who, like all the big Blumhouse movies, you know, um, yeah. he's been one of the guys behind it. So, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense, you know, because Blumhouse is... Dread Central, too. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's done a, he's done some podcasts and stuff. He's done a lot. He's been around for a long time. Yeah. And that 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 sucks that, you know, people aren't as uh, aware of him as they should be. Because, I mean, obviously the dude is super influential in the genre Blumhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Blumhouse, guys, right now, 2023, the biggest, the, the, I don't know, biggest, they're probably biggest, like, they're they're the top dog in horror right now, right? Or no? I would think so. Right now. As far as, like, production companies go, yeah, I would think so. What? No? Maybe. Well, who, well, who else, Cat? Okay, I, right. so if we're talking like high production, high budget production, yes. No, I'm talking about. To me, I'm talking about. I guess mainstream visibility. Uh, oh, top okay. dog. Well, yeah, yeah, like that. Like, like, yeah, like they're the ones that are going to bring quote unquote casual horror fans out to a theater to see their movie. That's probably true. I would point to like. I mean, if you're talking about best. You know, A24. A24 is doing a lot of really great stuff. Also, I think probably because I'm already, because I am in the horror community already, and it's not like a casual thing for me, I see a lot more love for A24 these days than I do for any of the big studios. But if we're talking like casual fans getting them out to see it, then yeah, yeah, probably. Because, I mean, they're bringing back titles like Halloween and The Exorcist and Five Nights at Freddy's. Things that people are already familiar with. You know what I mean? Although I want to point out that critics are a big fan of Lionsgate <laughs> over Blumhouse right now. Yeah, well, but like like what yeah. Rob said, you know, even the Invisible Man, you know, mm-hmm. like they're they and and their own stuff, dark uh, uh unfriended, like they have a really good balance of their own shit, which has blown up, and also the titles, you know, like they had Halloween. And now Exorcist, like, you know, how feel people feel how they feel about the movies. They still did that, which is huge, you know? So I like influence kind of the, the whole kit and caboodle in one, like it's, it's really cool that, uh, that's the, I guess the bar right now. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like they've done a pretty good job with it, but, um, yeah, we'll get into all that next week. We'll have Blumhouse episode next week, Ryan Turk on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we got hard news to get to, which isn't a ton. And then we'll get into our uh, long-awaited cabin in the woods war. Uh, this kind of overlapped a little bit because uh, we didn't record last week. So we did get these last week. And uh, we'll play them today. We do have voicemail. And we have a text message. So we're backed up Ooh. a little bit. Good Lord. You trace the call. It's coming from inside the house. 917-397-KILL. 917-397-54. Five five. If you wanna leave a, a voicemail or send a text message, to they the can show. send a text to that too. Why is it every time we get a text, <laughs> you do this? Why have we had them before? Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. We like have. like once maybe. No, a like handful of times. Uh, I don't think so. I got to remember that. All right. Well, uh, you, we'll air them on the show and and discuss them as you're about to hear. This first, the text message is from Amber. Usually Amber will leave a voicemail, but she went with a text message this time. All right. And she says, hi, guys. Love, love, love to you all. 
I am so very impressed by all of your top 100s. Wow. Uh, some, yeah, some amazing movies <laughs> and a questionable one. The Shape of Water, Grinding <laughs> Nemo, is <laughs> for real, is not a horror movie. Beautifully made movie, and it's a great watch, but it's a fantasy romance. A mm. reversal role of Splash. And I ask you this, what is scarier than love? How much things scarier than fucking Hang on, fish. wait a minute. <laughs> Rob's kind of got a point. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I really hate the fact that I'm disagreeing with Rob on this one, but come on. There's absolutely no reason for Grinding Nemo to be listed as a horror movie <laughs> other than Grinding Nemo. Rob, your list is impeccable as usual. Stunner choices. I don't like that. Huh. Uh Cat, you really surprised me with the amount of Saw movies you did have on your list. Figured you would have a lot more. Really oh. great list, Cat. Great job with versatile choices. Thank you. Oh, boy. I don't like I'm this. I'm taking that as a compliment that I restrained myself from the Saw movies. Cat's going to have to redo hers now that Socks is out, though. Oh, it's not top 100. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, Amber continues. We agree on that. <laughs> Amber continues, Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Say it like Amber would say it, though. Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. There we go. <laughs> did you do the capiche fingers? Yeah, did you no. do the fingers? Then you know she's doing that when she's saying that. Yes, yeah, she is doing that. Uh, very impressive list. I was very surprised by the variety of movies that you chose. I'm really proud of you. And being, <laughs> and being Team Scream suits you. Great job on the episode, as usual, you guys. I've really done an outstanding job with the growth of Slasher Radio. Hugs and kisses from your Jersey girl, Amber. Aw. Thank you, Amber. That's very nice. Thank you, Amber. Yes. Yeah. We love Amber very, 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 very much. So much. Yeah. And we, yep. Amber, we're sorry you have to deal with Greg. <laughs> yes. yeah. And Amber, namaste. God damn it, Rob. You, got, you do have her saying fucking namaste. Um, <laughs> That was very sweet of you, Amber. Thank you very much. Amber, the nicest to us about our list, honestly. That that's I figured that though. Amber's always nice. Well, you know, I think the meanest person to me about my list was Rob. <laughs> <laughs> he had to expect that one. He had to deal with it live. <laughs> it affected his master. Everybody. Everybody's been mean to me about my list. Well, <laughs> Hang on, do you remember what you put as number one by chance? Yeah, the the greatest horror movie ever made. <laughs> I think that might have had something to do with it, I'm not going to lie. But like I said, we do have a voicemail as well. So let's see if I can get this motherfucker to play. Hey guys, it's me, Will, the motherfucking thrill. Thrill me. And I don't really have much to say other than congratulations on 300 episodes of Slasher Radio. And I know I'm probably like two episodes behind, but I just, just thought to say, hey, congratulations. Anyway, y'all are a absolute blast to listen to. And this community is just absolutely phenomenal. You know, Greg, Amber, Chris, Leah, Ali, Nesto, oh, Ali's community as well. Thank you all for being so welcoming. And if you have drinks or anything like that you want to cheers to, you know, feel free to do so. But uh, let me get my sparkling water. Oh, here is to another hundred episodes of Slasher Radio. Cheers. 
Clink. Clink. Namaste. Well, to end things off, I'd like to play a little game with y'all. It's the game I introduced like a month ago or so, two months ago. It's a fight, flight, or kill where I give you three characters to choose from, and you have to choose whether to fight them, run from them, or just to freeze and, you know, stand still and let them kill you. And the three characters I would like you to choose from are Jeepers Creepers, Pennywise, and Candyman. All right. Thank you. I'm just going to open this by saying I would absolutely let Candyman kill me. <laughs> mm. I feel like that's uh, feel like that's an obvious choice for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, be my victim. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> like, okay, daddy, do it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Posted to bsource.com. <laughs> A shout out to bsource.com. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm also going to fuck Candyman. It's not fuck candy, man. Let him kill you, man. What's wrong with you? Oh, I don't. I don't. I already forgot what the game was. I thought it was a fuck somebody. Fight, flight, kill. What? You have to fight one. You have to run away from one. You have to kill one. You have to let one kill you. Sorry. All right. So said that backwards. Who are the characters again? Pennywise, the creeper, Candyman, and I'm fucking and fighting and killing. Yeah. No fucking. (laughs) <laughs> oh, fuck it. I don't understand this. I'm not even drinking. This is a bitch. Fight. Who are you gonna fight to try okay, and get right, to right, not right, kill right you? On, right on. I'm okay. gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fight uh, Pennywise. Yeah. Because okay. all you got to do is call him names, and he shrivels up and dies. Yeah, you just have to believe in the power of battery acid or whatever. Yeah, and then be a bully about it. And he dies. Yeah. And then the creeper. I'm mm. gonna. What are the other ones? Run. Run. And- Run. Um. Let him kill well, you. That's tough. You can't outrun the creeper. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to let him kill me, though. He's got to mm. catch me for I He would, but he's got to catch me first. I'm running. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not holding still for him like I would for Candyman. Yeah. And then, yeah, I'll fuck Candyman. Not fuck Candyman. What's wrong with you? Can't fuck him. <laughs> well, what was the other one then? Because that's what it always is, right? Fight to let kill, kill you. <laughs> well, you'll just stand there and say, take it all. Oh, then, yeah, that's Candyman. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to try and run from the creeper. It's probably not going to work, though, because he can, like, fly and shit. Yeah, I... uh, Yeah. But I'll be damned if I'm going to stand there and let him kill me. He's not even... He's not iconic enough for him to get to kill me. I think he'll do it anyway, though. Yeah, no, I know, but I'm saying without putting in the effort. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Right. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think we're unanimous, then. That's the correct order. Yeah. It came interesting choices. Absolutely. I like that game that Will came up. Will has been fucking awesome, man. From the the memes he makes and everything else, and like he is just even he'll pop into Discord every now and then, and we'll play like Friday or Texas Chainsaw, even Dead by Daylight. Uh, even played Fortnite with Will, Rob. Really? You want to shout out the uh, YouTube channel? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Will. Um, we talked about it on the Patreon show. Mm-hmm. Check, Will Dookie, has Dookie Man something. <laughs> It's so not, close, not right. <laughs> what's wrong with you? No, it's not Dookie Man. You said that. That is not what I said. That's what I heard. You hear what you want to hear all the time. Uh, it is Duke Rye. I think I might be pronouncing that wrong. D-O-O-K-R-A-I. Go check that out on YouTube. He has his first video out, and it's about the Killer Clowns game. And a lot of shit I didn't think about on there that Will is wanting. So uh, very fun watch. The stuff he makes is great unless it's it's making fun of you. You know what I mean? Like when he makes fun of me, I don't like it. Oh yeah, Will will burn you now. Yeah. But yeah. when he makes fun of like Mikey, then it's hilarious. It's pretty funny. No, it's it's not funny at all, actually. 
I think it's I think it's TikTok is slashers assemble. I do have to look. My computer is being a little difficult right now, and I don't use TikTok. But uh, definitely look up uh, Will Will the Thrill. Thrill me. Great content creator and amazing supporter of the show. He Will is so dope that like he he started doing memes and shit. And Chris is like the meme lord, meme lord. And even Chris was like, he's he's fucking really good at this stuff. <laughs> and he welcomed him in with o- open arms. And the two of them, man, are a hell of a tag team. They keep us stocked up on memes. Oh, yeah. They're like the brothers of meme instruction. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, thank you for the toast and for the fun game. Absolutely. Cheers, brother. We would love to play more rounds of this also because I want to see who else Rob tries to fuck before he realizes that's not an option. Yeah, man. What's wrong with you? I'm still not convinced it's not an option. I just don't think you guys understand the game. I think maybe it's an option in this instance. <laughs> I did call him daddy. Well, Tony Todd, very <laughs> handsome man. Um, Drink roll call? What are you guys drinking? Well, I'm boring tonight. I, I felt very good. Um, all day today, so I'm just drinking cheer wine. Mm. I didn't have it in me to go to the liquor store, and nothing I had sounded good. Yeah, um, I'm drinking Mikey Juice, which <laughs> uh, IR Chris named, and it's Sunny D and Pink Lemonade, uh, Smirnoff Pink Lemonade Vodka. Uh, yeah. I also didn't feel like going to the liquor store, and I have the, both those things in my house, so it was perfect. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, no, uh- um... <laughs> Chris, uh, it's worth noting, Chris did uh, send me a drink that he had uh, uh, designed for me, and uh, I am looking forward to trying it, but I didn't have everything that I needed to make it, and I just, plus, I, I, I don't feel very good. You know, I've got like a, a cold kind of situation going on, so things taste kind of funny anyway, so I felt like if I'm going to make this drink that Chris made for me and give it a day in court and be on the show, I want to, Right. I don't want it to be when shit tastes funny, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm in a similar situation. Uh, Chris also sent me a drink that I am looking forward to having on the show. I actually went out and bought stuff earlier in the week, but I'm in a similar situation. I'm not feeling the best. And also, I'm pretty impressed with the drink. uh, So I'm saving it for 300. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. Uh, Yeah, that's like if you're going to if, you know, Chris's drinks are top tier. Yeah, you know, oh, it's yeah. not like he puts a lot of thought into them and they go very everything goes very well together. So I agree with you guys. If you're not ready, ready, then yeah, you wait till it's perfect. The last one I got was so good. So I'm just having a Jack and Coke. Ooh, hell of a deal. I like that. Again, because it was easy and I had all the stuff in the house. Like and Jack and Coke's a classic. And Rob, you're gonna stop taking those fucking digs at me, man. No, I'm not. Yeah. Yes, you are. It's no. We, we, I like that you said you what? have to stop doing it. And Rob's thing was like, no, I'm not. I know. <laughs> I man. mean, the, what what are we doing here? Like, imagine if I did, Mikey. Imagine if I stopped taking digs at you and was just polite and nice. How miserable would this show be? You'd be so scared, like Leo was that time was nice to her. <laughs> like no one would listen. I mean, possibly sure, but like, if I deserve it, I deserve it fine. All I'm doing is drinking Sunny D and vodka. Do this, it like, did it really need a comment? Well, yeah, yeah it did. Kick him in the dick. Um, you know, but I mean, look, we can try that route if you want. Uh, other people who've gone that way didn't like it so much, though. Mikey, Leah was a little creeped out. Nesto was kind of creeped out, but we can do that. <laughs> See what? Do do you know balance? Do you know what balance <laughs> means? Like, you're either <laughs> one way or the other, man. There's no middle ground. 
I mean, I was very nice to Nesto. I sent him a card and everything. Yeah, you sent him a fucking card, man. <laughs> I think he pressed you. I think he had a report made about that or something. I don't know. What'd you put in that card? I, I don't think I'm allowed within 100 yards of Nesto, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine slasher radio conventions where Rob has to stand a hundred feet back from the booth? Yeah. So we can talk to Nesto. <laughs> and then Rob's uh, police come and make Rob stand across the fucking venue <laughs> until Nesto leaves. Yeah. Weirdo. My God. Although Nesto does kind of have balls though. Some of the shit he sends into to sexy time with Rob on the Patreon yeah. is kind of Yeah. Yeah. Talk about lawsuits. <laughs> Um, all right. You guys want to get into hard news? Yeah, let's go for it. Hell of a deal. It's time to hump the news with Rob Humphrey. He's not a genius. All right. Kind of light news this week. Uh, where to go? All right. There's a place called Shoe Palace. I don't know how familiar you guys are with them. Is it Shoe Palace? Shoe Palace, yeah. <laughs> well, it is a light news weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Hold on. I'm going to send it to you guys, actually. Everybody can go to Bloody Disgusting and or ShoePalace.com. Check this stuff out. It's dope as shit. They're doing uh, a line with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, they have a really cool Jason shirt. They have a Freddy hoodie and a Jason hoodie where when it zips up, you see, see like the mask or the face. Mm-hmm. Cool as shit on the hood. I love it. That's some cool stuff. It is. I have these Nightmare sweatpants. One of them. I like that red Friday the 13th sweatshirt. That's cool. Yeah, these are pretty cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And they have prints from like the Dream Warriors poster on a shit. Like it's really cool shit. Ooh, Freddy vs. Jason. Have you been wearing your uh, your Nightmare Vans around, Mikey? I haven't lately, but I usually I never really stopped wearing them. I'll break them out every now and then. I gotta break them out. It's October, so you know it's the time. Yeah, I'll I'll wear them out. I do like this. I like that 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 sweatshirt that looks like Freddy's sweatshirt. Yeah, you know, like the sweater. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you guys go check that out. They have a lot of cool Jordans, too. Like, I know Nesto's into Jordans, and they have a Chucky series as well, Adidas. So, Chew mm-hmm. Palace is great. Yeah. It's weird you started with that. I thought we'd start with the fact that the writer strike was over. Well, important stuff that what? doesn't go first, Rob. <laughs> wow. Come on, man. I'm trying to do something over here. God out. Oh. Um,. Okay, this this is more of you guys, Ali, but I'm very interested. Apparently, there's a game out called Horror Tycoon, and they Ooh. got a... Oh, I think I've seen this game, yeah. Well, it got a second update. Okay. Recently. Is it the one where you build a haunted house? Yes. Yeah, I, I have seen that game. Um, I was not super impressed with it. I don't know like how it is after this update, mm-hmm. but from what I had seen people play, it wasn't all that great. I've been tempted a couple of times, but it's also one I have not played. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a thing where like I've I've seen people on like YouTube or I looked up gameplay of it, you know, mm-hmm. and it just didn't look all that great to me. Hope hopefully they fix because it, it was a great idea, like a great concept, yeah. but it just in execution it didn't seem that great. See, this might be where you guys yell at me, and I did look it up too because I just found out about it. 
and um, it didn't seem like it had all the nooks and crannies you would want from the little bit I've seen. I don't know what this update did. So mm-hmm. um, what I want is because uh, I'm not mad at these builder games or anything, mm-hmm. but like I just build it and only I can look at it. Like I would love a feature where like friends can come and go through your park. Oh, see, you're all that. You don't even like video games. What do you mean? You're always about, I want to play with other people. Other people got to, yeah. that's not what video games are, Mikey. Video games sure are, are about not having friends and being antisocial. Yes. Closing no. and locking your bedroom door and playing and ignoring the world. It's a long respected tradition. Yeah. Come See, on. Even with me, like back in the Nintendo 64 days, like my friend would come over and he'd bring like a bag of his games or I would go over his house and bring a bag of my games and we would play. That's what it's always been for me, playing with me. Even Madden, like me and my friends would just sit in front of my bed and play Madden with the wired controllers. That's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. But it, it would be, you got to admit, it'd be cool to build a park and then have people go through it. They, I, I will say this about Horror Tycoon. Like, it, it didn't look like they, they nailed it when uh, when I saw people playing it the last time. And it doesn't have. You're right. It doesn't. It didn't have the 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 depth to it that I like from like a tycoon kind of game. Right. And I play a shit ton of those games. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, it's fifteen dollars. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. It's a fifteen dollar game. You know, you're you're probably not going to get all the bells and whistles and the in depth management and stuff that. Uh, I I would expect from a tycoon game for you know a game that costs fifteen dollars. And it's a low budget game, so it looks like yeah. they're trying, which is good. Yeah. The fact that they gave it an update is something because it's been around for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I, I just found out about it, man. I was ready to buy it, and I looked at it. And I was like, mm, I, I got to look into it a little more and see what this update's about, and I, I might give it a try. Yeah, the concept is really good. I just think yeah. that I, I, you know, they didn't have the time or the resources or whatever to put into it to make it as in depth as I would want it to be. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, next thing to talk about is Shacktoberfest. What the fuck what? are you talking about? <laughs> yes, I would have sent you guys a picture. It is really not Please a ton don't. Absolutely, man. You're going to be nice to Shaquille O'Neal, man. He's cool as shit. Come on, Rob. I do like Shaq, yeah. Everybody likes yeah. Shaq. Can I like Shaq, man? Uh, and he opened up, uh, apparently this is the second year he's done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a Shacktoberfest with a bunch of haunted house attractions. It's on the Queen Mary in Long Beach, California. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be open September 28th through October 31st. And you can go get tickets at Shacktoberfest.com right now. Damn it. Prices only start at only $30? Yeah, man. Shaq does shit like this all the time, though. And it all has Shaq in front of everything he does. But yeah. <laughs> He does like toy drives and music festivals he's been doing and shit now. Smaller scale, sure, but he doesn't kill people for his stuff, you know? Yeah, 30 bucks. That's a, that's a hell of a lot less than I paid for Halloween Horror Nights, I'll tell you that. <laughs> that is indeed a hell of a deal. A hell of a deal. And Shaq's not even going to be at Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> no, you don't get to meet Shaq, man. You got ripped off. No. Yeah, they got music shows and and haunts and uh, it's ship theme. Like they have a sunken haunted ship. Like, dude, that's cool as hell. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. I'm I, I love Shaq, and it's just it's cool when he gets into like he's a big kid, and if he does something, you know he wants to do it. 
and he's mm-hmm. gonna make it really cool. Yeah, he's like a sheriff or something somewhere. He, he got something like that. He yeah. does a lot of shit, man. He's got his doctorate and everything. Love Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, Damien Leone, Rob, mm-hmm. promises the Terrifier 3 te- teaser that will be playing in theaters while Terrifier 2 is making another run is going to be over two minutes long. All right. What do you think? Sure, that's exciting for somebody. Tack, show some love for this, please. I was really planning on going. Like, I was prepared to buy a ticket and everything. I either they haven't posted showtimes yet, or I don't think it's coming to like anywhere near me because I couldn't find any kind of information on this. I saw an article saying they were doing it. Uh, it said you got the teaser. They were giving away Terrifier three posters. Like I saw mm-hmm. hype for it, but there are no showtimes. So, damn. I know. I, but I was going to go. I was going to see it in theater again. Why would you do that to yourself, Cat? Because it's fun. It's a fun theater experience. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I saw it in the theater. I didn't think it was fun. It was a ton of fun. Son of a bitch. <laughs> seen it four times. I haven't seen it fun at all. If I can find someone who hasn't seen it yet to go with, or who I haven't seen it with yet, maybe. But hey, like. Grandma Bones. Oh my. You know. <laughs> Honestly, I might. I might ask her if she wants to go. I seriously might. Her reaction to that little scene I showed her was hilarious. I wish I could, like, reverse bootleg a movie. <laughs> Just record your grandma's reaction. Just my grandmother. <laughs> That'd be hysterical. But, uh, yeah, Terrifier 3 getting the ball rolling on that is fucking awesome. The fact that they have a trailer ready, I guess, shows a lot of progress that's been made, I hope. And Rob, whether you like it or not, you got to admit that it's that's good for the genre. It is good for the genre. And, you know, when Terrifier 3 comes out, I'll be there to see it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, doesn't mean I'm going to be nice to it when I get out of there if it's not any good. Fair enough. Um, just really quick, a couple of uh, big movies have come out since the last time we recorded. One of them being The Exorcist Believer that we will talk about with Ryan next week. Mm-hmm. And opening night, uh, which I guess Thursday night. I, I don't mm-hmm. like this preview crap. But, yeah, I like uh, the, it. That's the night I go. Uh, look, I don't. If it's out early, fine. I, I'm cool with that. But why are we calling it a preview? No, oh, I don't know why they. Still that's call a dumb it thing to call it. I agree. Yeah, they yeah. should just admit that movies come out on Thursdays now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's not even like it used to be. It used to be midnight. You could go to a midnight show. Yes. And then they moved them to 7 o'clock. Like, it used to be like 7 o'clock. Now, a lot of times... Now I'm going to like 5. There were yeah, three showings days. of The Exorcist Believer on Thursday at my local theater. One at 5, one at 7, and one at 9. At that point, you've just released the movie. Yeah, you know? it's just out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And the midnight showings, by the way, were fucking awesome. I missed those. Those were fun. I miss the vibe of the midnight shows. I will say this, though. I'm old now, and I don't want to be up that late because I got work the next day, so I'm kind of glad they do them at, like, 7. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. That's the... We've got... The 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 age range that went to those has gotten older now, <laughs> mm-hmm. so they had to move the bar. I mean, I would still do it, but it would have to be for a movie I really wanted to see. Like, right now, I go every Thursday night. Well, not every Thursday night, but the majority of Thursday nights, I go see something. That, and it's usually something brand new at the movie theater. Um, if they were only doing them at midnight, I would go, but it'd be like two, three times a year because that's fucking too much. 
Right. And my experience, as you guys know, with the Exorcist Believer on that Thursday night was less than ideal. Um, not because of the movie. <laughs> no. But this movie that I have waited, uh, what, a year, year and a half to see, whatever it is. Uh, I get about 45 minutes in and my son starts complaining that his stomach hurts. Mm. We have to leave. And uh, I was not happy. And as we record this, I have yet to see the remainder of the film. (laughs) I was really enjoying it uh, up to the point that I had to leave. So we'll see. (laughs) I'm hoping to be able to go back tomorrow. Well, uh, 2.85 million uh, for the preview Thursday night. Uh, Some of which your money went for, Rob. And you still haven't seen the fucking movie. It did. It did. Hell of a deal. Yep. They'll get more tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, what has come out since our last recording is Socks. Socks. Mm -hmm. A $2 million Thursday night preview, which it's dope as shit that these movies did so well on these uh, preview nights. Kat, you and Rob, (laughs) ever since this movie came out, Kat, Kat and Rob both seen it Thursday night. Mm-hmm. When it opened, and they have been blowing up. Like I had looked at my <laughs> at my D, I had like forty messages, and I was like, "What?" And scrolling is just them bitching at each other about socks. <laughs> I had to stop them from fighting before we recorded. <laughs> so now you guys may go. Oh wait, hold on. I think I. Oh, I don't have that. Oh, I do have that button. There you go. Go. <laughs> this is. It's the sixth best Saw movie. Which is to say it's not any good. No, there are eight great Saw movies. There's one okay Saw movie. We don't talk about the other one. There are two good movies in this franchise. (laughs) No. And everything else is bad, and this is just one of the bad ones. No, this is so much fun. The turn that they try to make... With John Kramer's no, character, no. he's stupid. They don't try to make a turn with the John character. We're seeing this takes place in between Saw and Saw Two. What we're right. seeing is John's faith in his project wavering. We're seeing him at his lowest point. We're seeing him reconsider his actions and then double down in a healing journey. He goes on a journey of self-discovery. I don't. I don't understand. It's so stupid. I like this one. It plays with um it did in a way what I think people had wanted from Jigsaw and after in that it plays with the original formula. Like it pays loving homage to it, but it diverts so we get some new saw content. We we get a different path. Uh we see this is uh Tobin Bell's best performance. It's the most Saw has always tied in very deeply to grief horror. Socks really leans into that. And it has some of the funniest lines. Like, they knocked it out of the park with this. What they did was they tried to make me root for Jigsaw. Okay, and we were talking about this before the Nick and cast. The Saw fans, not you, people that like this (laughs) franchise already root for jigsaw to an extent it's about seeing things from his side he's an asshole to an extent so are we (laughs) i don't want to see anything from his side he's and that really and that speaks to the problem with the franchise right after the first two movies they should have just called it a day because eventually shit gets real fucking petty along the way where it's like Uh -uh. you know you didn't tip your waiter 
20%. So now you got to boil all your fucking skin off or whatever. It's fucking stupid. No. And this movie is just all of a sudden takes this guy that has been an asshole for however many movies. And now it puts me in a position to where I'm supposed to root for him because he's now like the good guy. Like, get the fuck out of here. He's a, he's having complicated feelings. There's I, I will say. Um, and I have said this, I had one issue with socks and I'm not going to talk about it because of spoilers, but there is one point where they do kind of cross that line too much, but for Mm -hmm. the most part, it's always been, it's always been a series about moral ambiguity. You know, I rooted for him a little bit when he's exposing the, uh, police brutality case in Saw 2. I rooted for him a little bit in Saw 6 when he's taking on the corrupt health institutions yes like they, I, I, I yeah and I, i'll give you that one the one with the insurance company or whatever the fuck yeah okay yeah. Those, fuck those people but along the way like we talked about i feel like we're rehashing an argument we've already had and that's okay <laughs> but in in saw what is it three where the guy's kid is dead and john's like your kid died and you're sad about it so now you have to play a game and he's torturing this poor fucking guy who's already been through enough shit leave that man alone no and we talked about it because notice that he wasn't the guy that was getting tortured it was the people that were responsible for the death of the kid that were getting tortured and the guy was being put in the trap in the first place as a chance to recover because even though he's wrong about this, John believes that he's helping people recover. It's a rehabilitation program through his eyes. But it's that doesn't hold water, Cap, because he is being tortured. He may not be physically being the one, uh, the one who's being tortured in the traps, but he's being put in a position to where he has to either torture these people or pay a price himself. At one point, he has to burn all of his dead children's possession. How is that justice or or redeeming for anyone? Jigsaw's just a fucking asshole. Okay, but he doesn't think that he's an asshole. He thinks he's helping. But it doesn't matter what he thinks. It's what he is. Hitler might not have thought he was an asshole, but he was. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, I've had... I, I, I don't hate Saul like Rob does. I also don't love Saul like Kat does. Um, Go see this new one, Mikey. Yeah, I mean, I'm... <laughs> I want to see it. I'm not rushing out to see it. Uh, Saw is a horror movies for people in my life, like personal life. It, you know, the horror fans aren't, they're not like us, you know, and Saw is a really hard movie to get people to go see. You know what I mean? So I'm not rushing out to go see it. Um, I do kind of see, I see what both of you guys are saying. I do at a lot of times wish that jigsaw's reasons for doing these to people these things to people were greater but it's because at some point along the way what it feels like happened with these movies is they lost they they just quit trying to come up with reasons they were just like oh here's a cool idea for a trap let's do that and then they tried to like construct a reason around it's it's just fucking i don't know The, the the reasoning went completely out the fucking window at some point with these movies and also we get more of that john kramer bullshit where he tries to i've never killed anybody i'm not a murderer oh shut the fuck up but he does get called out on that in this one oh fucking that shit didn't work for charles manson it's not gonna work for you you dumbass (laughs) (laughs) it did not work for charles manson it's something that i really i like this about the saw franchise because i think if it had been too consistent that john was in the right it would have been less ambiguous and he would have felt less like a real person. Like he, 
he feels like someone that genuinely thinks he's right, but has a lot of hypocrisy. It makes him a very interesting character. It keeps the series unpredictable. And I like how they address it in socks. They did a good job. It's a piece of shit. I will say this, though. <laughs> Tobin Bell is good in the movie. Cat's right about that. Although I do feel like saying it's his strongest performance in the franchise isn't saying a lot because all he usually does in the franchise is lay around. Um, he does get to do a lot of laying around. Yeah, he, he actually gets to move about in this movie, so that's move something. Um, and Tobin Bell, who is, what, 80-something years old at this point, <laughs> looks absolutely fantastic. I hope I, I look I, that good when Yeah, <laughs> I would give anything to look that good at, at his age. My God. Yeah, yeah, he is 81, I, yes. We had a moment, uh, I had a moment, and I was telling Rob about this the last time we were fighting, but it was like, I, I was watching this movie, and I was like, man, the cancer is really hitting John, and then it was like, he's been playing this part for like 25 years. Yeah. I, you know, he's looking fantastic. Because his character hasn't been allowed to age. Like... <laughs> Right, they, they've only tried to de-age him. Yeah, they're trying to de-age him. And thank God they didn't do that. At least they just let him be himself on screen. They didn't, yeah. they didn't try that de-aging shit. They don't need it, man. Especially in horror. Oh. It, it usually ends up looking creepy. It does look creepy, but it we we understand. You we know, get like, I feel like horror, is. Right, and his value to that. And yeah. a lot of times, like, I, this has been, this is what I've been really looking forward to Socks because I've been, my main biggest problem with the Saw franchise is they got away from Tobin Bell and Shawnee Smith way too soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, go see it. Go see it and see how you feel about it when you, when it come out. <laughs> you say that about every Saw movie. Yeah. Fucking feel good <laughs> movie of the year, this fucking thing. Wow. <laughs> you don't go to Saw for a feel good movie. It is. Yeah, well, then you're not going to be happy when you leave this one because, boy, they try to make it a feel good movie. It's Jesus a, Christ. Uh, it's not a feel good movie in <laughs> context. It's like. It, I, I, I can't say what I want to say without spoiling it. It's a goodbye to the two of them because we know. Well, okay. It's not a spoiler. There's something that happens at the very end of this movie, Cat. <laughs> That is the most absurd, unsaw-like thing I have ever seen. Okay, but you have to put it in the context that it heads into Saw 2. We know how the story ends. They're allowed to have their moments. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> God damn it. It's so tough. All right, I'm looking forward to seeing this even more then. That's all fair. And apparently, I will say this. Apparently there's a there's a mid credit or end credit scene. There is. I did not see that. I but which <laughs> is is a reflection of one thing. Um, I didn't give a shit, and two, I'm fucking <laughs> done with that shit. If you I... want me to see it, put it in your goddamn movie. I'm not sitting through the fucking credits to, to, in anticipation of a scene. These movies are too goddamn long anyway. Hang on, and, this was the longest one. Um, yeah. This one oh, feels the longest. <laughs> Every movie that comes out is too goddamn long these days. And then they want to tack extra shit on at the end. And I'm Hang not sitting through it. I've had a, a large fucking drink and some popcorn. I gotta, I gotta pee. I'm out. Rob, <laughs> we've got to... When we do the break, when we cut for editing purposes... We have to talk about the end credit scene. It has the dumbest line in it, and it makes me so happy. I find that hard to believe, but okay. I promise you. (laughs) 
you're going to be sad you didn't stay for the end credit, the mid credit scene. All right, fair enough. You guys sold me even more. All right, fair. So, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone who makes movies is listening to this. I'm not watching your end credit bullshit, so stop it. <laughs> and and I blame Marvel. I know they weren't the first ones to do it, but fuck you, Marvel. They're the ones they that made, made it expected. Yeah. 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 Fuck you, And they put Marvel. important shit. So yeah. it's like, if you miss it, like, it's a big deal. And now everyone just does it for, you know, random shit. Mm-hmm. Scream was the worst. That the oh. And that was Cat's fault. <laughs> I waited for that one, and I was fucking pissed. Yeah, for everybody listening, Kat seen it uh, a showing before Rob and I, and when we got when she got out, we were messaging, "Is there an end credit scene?" She told us yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You didn't that. ask me if it was worth staying for the end credit scene. You asked me if there was one. Yeah, you didn't give a full answer. <laughs> Listen, I sat, I waited for it. I wanted everyone to have that experience with me. Yeah. So th- I think my new rule is. If I really love your movie, I might stick around for an end credit scene just to see if there is one. If I don't, I'm fucking out of there. I don't I don't care anymore. I'm tired of that bullshit. I hope they make a song movie about you where someone puts you in a trap for not staying to see it. That's, that's going to be coming soon, I'm sure. If you saw 10 or 12, they'll fuck, or 11 or 12, they'll fucking do that. The worst, though, is when you're one of the few schmucks that stay to the end, like the credits there, you're standing there holding your fucking drink and staring <laughs> mm-hmm. at the screen like an idiot. And there's nothing. And yeah. like that little group of people go, ah, oh, fuck. And you yeah. all feel like idiots together. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of a bonding moment. It's, it's so annoying to me. Just put your put the fucking movie in the movie. Mm. Well said. All right. Finally, last but certainly not least, uh, Rob stepping on, on Tootsies earlier. The writer's <laughs> strike is over. Mm-hmm. That was way too fucking long. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it seemed like, you know, the portion of shit that i know what's that but it seemed like they they got a pretty good deal and i'm i'm very happy for them yeah they mostly succeeded yeah i have i'm maybe not smart enough at legalese uh Mm -hmm. to comment fully on this it looked really good except for i had a lot of questions about the ai clauses which does at which everyone was like they got everything and i was like wait a minute this clause seems not great but for the most um, part, they, they got pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah, I didn't look too much into it. But there's an interesting thing with AI that's happened, too. Um, a court, a federal court, has ruled that um, works created by AI are not eligible for copyright. Except for it's r- works solely created by AI, which leaves um, that door open in yeah, a way I that I don't like. <laughs> um, I don't know that the writers have voted yet. To ratify the deal but it seems like it's it's pretty much done um yeah, at this yeah. point um but we're not out of the woods yet by the way because mm-hmm. sag after is still on strike which means we can yeah. have all the writers we want we don't have any actors yeah speaking of tobin bell uh his his publicist had told me that he's not doing any any interviews or anything he can't legally Right. Uh, because of the strike and when we got news that the writers were able to go back to work you know i had reached out again and they were like yeah well that's true but the actor strike i was like oh fuck i forgot yeah. and yeah so that's still um still an issue i'm not i haven't looked into that one enough i don't i don't know man because it's hard it's a hard argument because you look at like will smith and the rock and they're making all this fucking money but people forget 
that, you know, there's actors like Tobin Bell who, you know, aren't that upper echelon where they're making all that Tom Cruise money and shit. And they exist, too. No, there are actors out there that I don't even know how they get by. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that's just, you know, I, there was something I, I saw and I don't remember the exact number, so I don't want to get into it. But the the majority of SAG actors make around thirty thousand dollars a year or something. Mm hmm. You know, that's why there are so many waiters in L.A. that are also actors, you know. Don Matthews, uh, not one of the times we had him, uh, the three of us had it, uh, he was on with us. Even before that, he flat out told us, Bobby had asked him, and it always stuck with me, what would you say to, you know, people looking to get into acting, aspiring to be an actor? He he flat out said, don't do it, do something else. You're going <laughs> to struggle. And it, it sucks, but it's, that's the reality of it for mm-hmm. him, man. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, and and but uh, from what I understand, the the main things that the, the main things that the actors are fighting seem to be the main points that the writers were fighting. Also, streaming residuals, yeah, uh, AI, um, you know, because uh, there was that deal with extras where they wanted to scan people and just use their likeness. They were and, gonna pay them for like a day of work, so right. that They didn't have to keep them on set, right? Which for an extra is about a hundred bucks. Yeah. They pay you roughly $100, scan you in, and then they could just use you in perpetuity without ever having to pay you for it or anything. Yeah. So it seemed like they were they were fighting a lot, largely the same kind of points. You know, the, the most interesting thing that I saw um, talking about sort of the streaming and how it's changed um, revenue and, and royalties and that sort of thing was actually Snoop Dogg talking about it fairly recently. And he was talking, of course, about music streaming services like Spotify and shit. Um, but it, it's all the same, you know. I mean, it holds true, I think, for for movies and, and stuff for the actors and writers too. Where he said when he was, you know, blowing up in the '90s, all that information was was readily available. So he knew he got paid X amount of money per record sold, and he could look in any number of publications and see how many records he had sold that week to know how much money he should expect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now streaming is such a, uh, it's also, all that information is, is kept hidden away. Nobody get, really gets a chance to look at it. You don't really, I, I mean, I don't even know if they're sure how much money they're supposed to get paid per stream or whatever. <laughs> they can't you know be. what I mean? Like, it's just a fucking mess. They can just send you whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. It, it's it's funny because we we all love movies um, and, and everything but I think these these services that you know and I'm as guilty as anybody I subscribe to a million streaming services to watch movies because it's easy but it's yeah. also in a lot of ways killing the people who make these things that we love it's weird yeah it's uh, it, I feel like it's a balance that hasn't been met yet on a lot of different fronts I don't think these um, you know these studios and everything know exactly like it's st- there's so many contracts that are still in effect from before streaming really took over the way it did mm-hmm. you know that hasn't really been updated writers and actors as we're talking about now but also on that end with these streaming services and the production companies man and you see like it's easier with stuff like universal because they own peacock you know so it's like stuff like that where they are have such an advantage because it's their own shit halloween went up there that's easy for them but you look mm-hmm. at like when they go on Netflix a year later, the gray area in between all that shit is so great. Yeah. yeah so yeah. But I think I think one of the big things, and and I I didn't look too closely at the deal that the writer struck. So one of you might know more about this, but I think 
one of the big points was just more transparency from these fucking streaming companies. Yeah. That was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. It need it, man. Yeah. Yeah. They don't release that information uh, publicly anywhere. So, you know, you don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know who they're protecting. Like, if it's themselves, if it's like studios, like, I don't understand. But yeah, make it public. I mean, I don't know if studios may not want it to be public, public, but like, how else do you do it? Right. You know, they send one studio a list of numbers and another one, another one. And like, they're so, I think these things need to be public. They just need to be. And that'll help, as stupid as it may sound, it helps in the long run because you have a number you can go by. I don't know. I just, I really do hope. And, and, from everything I've read and everything I've heard, it sounds like the writers got a great deal, and and I hope they did. I, I really do because it felt like this one was really important for the future of just this industry. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I really, really hope that they got a great deal because, you know, it's I, as much as I love movies and everything. If they start, if fucking computers start writing them, they're gonna start sucking real bad. And let's be honest, they already suck pretty bad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. That's the scary part too. Like we fucked around with AI and stuff on uh, on the Patreon show. Why is my phone going off at one thirty in the morning? And it, it's ridiculous and it sounds stupid, but think about and and I am in no way advocating. I do not want movies written by fucking computers. There is so little amount of movies that I genuinely I like like nowadays. And if we have computers writing them, that's gonna go down a lot. Yeah. You know, so I'm no way advocating, but I'm just saying on a side note, it's scary where that technology is going to be in another five or so years. There's no way I feel it could get to a point where it can replace human thought and decision making and, you know, just just being able to have a feel for the industry and or the movie and the project and and where directions need to go and all that. Like, I don't know why that's even a thought to fucking do in the first place. It's ridiculous. Well, hopefully the actors will get a good deal, too. Yeah. I hope so. Again, balance. Because there's no way The Rock and all these people are making huge money. And I understand it depends on the project. But there needs to be something done. Because there is obviously money in the industry to be fucking made. Yeah. You know, so they, they just need to figure out the best way to doing it. But again, to what I was saying earlier... I feel like we're at a good point in time now, even though there's struggles getting it done, at least it's getting done and we can kind of reset for streaming and all that and kind of update where the world is at now with these, you know, these professions because it's needed. Mm-hmm. And uh, worth noting, too, that uh, Drew Barrymore's writers did not come back. Yeah. <laughs> which made me very happy. That's funny. Um, that's all uh- I have for news, though. I have a shout out that I wanted to do last week and we didn't record and okay. I'm because we're doing it this week I'm immediately going to follow it up with um a call out uh, like a shout out in a positive way and then a call out for the same listener uh which I'm sorry about but that's just how I that's how the time played out I guess <laughs> Um I wanted to send out a thank you to Camp Springwood uh, okay. to, friend, to friend of the show, Greg, uh, several months ago. I know. I did not yeah. see that name coming. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to see where this one's going. <laughs> uh, several months ago, he actually sent me a uh, a tweet back when they were still called that officially, and <laughs> uh, from a startup um, book press 
that has recently I, I can talk about this now speaking of like uh, contracts and things we can talk about uh, they have signed my next novella so uh, thank oh. you Greg uh, he tagged me in the post and uh, here we are so I really appreciate that that's awesome yeah so that that'll be coming out soon we haven't done like an announcement for uh, what the book is called or a cover release or anything but it's it's coming and it's very much thanks to Greg so thank you Greg good work Greg okay now you talk shit about Greg though right and now I have to talk a little bit of shit about Greg because as I was setting up I was making a note to myself like to bring this up so I wouldn't forget um and I was on Twitter uh, getting that information, making sure I had his uh, username right and everything. And I saw there's a thing going around that I'm sure you guys have seen today um, asking what's a horror movie opinion that would have you like this. And it's got Jason uh, with all of the like knives pointed at him in the meme format. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, so that's been going around today. I've seen a lot of replies to it. Um, as I was signing onto Twitter to uh, to make sure I had <laughs> Greg's username ready, I saw that he had responded to it uh, with some hot takes. So we have an impromptu uh, Greg's hot take corner that he doesn't know about. <laughs> Okay. Because I just happened to see this. This was posted 10 hours ago. And uh, I, it's all stuff that we've covered on here, I think. Uh, but we just, I was scandalized again. Um, the Shining is the worst horror movie ever made. Okay. Scream 3 is the best Scream film. <laughs> yeah, that that blows my mind why he thinks that. I just don't, he was talking about that on his live stream tonight. Yeah. Uh, the Hellraiser franchise is better than the Saw franchise, which I disagree with, but I'm not sure if that's a hot take. It seems very like a tepid take in the middle of all of these. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like either one, but I think Saw's probably better. I mean, at least the movies were written as Saw movies. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Black Xmas 2006 is better than Black Christmas 1974. Yeah. And, uh... Before. It makes my head hurt. Laurie Strode is an overrated final girl. Yeah, he's... So again, I think we've covered all of these on other hot take episodes, but it's just so funny to see it out in the wild. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I was not prepared for an unexpected uh, hot take corner today, and it just came onto my feed. So yeah, I thought you, I had to share. You would think these thoughts are ones he would keep to himself, but no, he just puts them out there. <laughs> yeah, one would think, huh? One would think. You would think. Yeah, but. fucking Greg, always doing Greg shit. Um, oh, I got a couple of Greg buttons now. I don't really even know which one I guess. I'll... Huge clown penis. Take him right in the dick. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, good buttons. Uh, the very Speaking good buttons. of buttons. Oh, shit. <laughs> if you right. would like to press your favorite one. Yeah. To tell you the truth, I don't, I use the stream deck so much, I forgot which button it is. And where are my balls? It is not that one. Crazy idiot. Get the fuck out of here! Oh, you. Go ahead, go back to turning tricks in old folk and you'll oh, fade in the ass! It is worth noting to everyone that October is Italian American Heritage Month, so make sure you hop on Twitter or X or whatever and, and show Mikey your appreciation. Send in some Italian pride. Yeah. Uh, no, they show me their appreciation well enough to not, that they, I don't need any more. I just feel like the, the appreciation should be extra this month, that's all. 
Speaking no. of which, you're gonna get a double whammy this week, Mikey. Um, oh. it, what, here, there's a reason for it, though. It is Italian uh, Heritage Month. <laughs> we're we're having. I, there's one that was very specific. It needed to be posted in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we've had a lot of those come up recently so we didn't get to it right away and i feel like this is a good time to send it in before we forget what it's in reference to (laughs) (laughs) and then i have a real one that's actually um more about italians i guess i'm really intrigued (laughs) by this this. Uh, so here's our first one well uh this is the gobagoli mystery corner where our listeners uh, anonymously send in italian memes making fun of me for being italian uh, it's pretty rude and disrespectful. <laughs> Memes go up on Patreon and uh, what the hell? And uh, we describe them on the show. <clears throat> Mikey, you need to make a statement to the police about Joe. <laughs> I ain't saying shit. I'm no snitch. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been meaning to send this one a couple weeks, but we've had so many time sensitive ones recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, this is true. You don't say anything. You're not no damn snitch. You don't want to be a snitch. Rats get found in the back of trunks. I'm just going to leave that there. But uh, very disrespectful to put this in a meme form. Okay. And then I have another one. The second one's coming in. Couldn't this have just been the one? Why is there got to be another one? But. What the fuck is this? (laughs) This is a good one. No, it's not a good one. (laughs) I like it. It's a screenshot of a. A text conversation, and it's a picture of spaghetti in a in a plate with toy cars and bananas, and it's called spaghetti car banana. <laughs> and the response is appropriate to this message. Never text me again. That's what that is correct. That is what you tell this it's, person. That's funny. No, it's not. It's pretty do you, good. Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I understand. I pronounced it that way and all. Yeah, I understand, Rob. It's still fucking stupid. Don't like it. I hope whoever sent one of these has a child and they have toy cars like these and they step on them because they hurt like a motherfucker. They do. Yeah, they do. so you deserve that. Yeah. 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 I don't bitch. know. Toy cars might be worse than Legos. Everybody talks about Legos, but they don't talk about toy cars. Toy cars uh, slide under your feet yeah. is the thing. Yeah, yeah, but if you hit that Lego on the heel, though, and the, mm, that's... Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not saying the Lego's a pleasant experience. <laughs> but I'm just saying everybody talks about those. They don't talk about other things. Because there are a lot of toys that, that, you know, suck to step on. Yeah, well, it's not the same as stepping on, but stepping into the worst thing in the world, worse than a Lego, worse than a toy car, is that fucking thing at the bottom of your bed. You ever hit your foot oh. on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Good lord, I cracked a toenail once on that. That fucking yeah, oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah, you pay the price for doing that. Son of a bitch. Yeah. All right, um, that's Did it. Did you for know the that fucking... uh, Tony Danza's first Here Hollywood girlfriend was actually his taxi co star, Mary Lou Henner? Wow. There were a couple. Kick him in the dick. <laughs> Why, Rob? Why? Why? This is a little Tony Danza fun fact for you. Yeah, I, 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 I know what it is, and I, I don't appreciate it. How would we not mention the patron saint of Italian Americans during Italian American Heritage Month? I t- I told you guys in in our group chat. I literally was <laughs> sitting in Discord 
in Allie's fucking Discord, minding my own business. It was like two, three o'clock in the fucking morning, not bothering nobody, man. One of our friends come in, shout out to Ziggy, who started listening to the show. And hey, Ziggy. Yeah, Ziggy. Ziggy. Randomly, out of nowhere, she was in the call for at least an hour and a half and was like, hey, did you know Tony Danza gave me a Tony Danza fun fact? <laughs> she knew you needed one. Good work, Ziggy. This has to stop. That's good stuff. Did you know that Tony Danza's acting mentor was actually Judd Hirsch, which was also on Taxi? Oh, what'd you find? A new fucking link? You're throwing them out all silly now? Why, why are you doubling out? Why? I found some stuff. You saw great. You reloaded, huh, you son I of did. a bitch? I did. I found I found another source, which which is nice, because I, I really was running, running out fast. Son of a bitch. Uh, you know, look, throwing out Tony Danza fun facts is a good time for everybody. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it, it gets a little sad when you get down towards the, the end and you think you're going to run out, but... We're back in business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stop it. All right. And that's it for this week. We'll be right back with Cabin in the Woods. Motherfucker, you know this is a hard fucking episode for me as it is. You gotta do this. It's ridiculous. Jesus Christ, man. Pretty soon I'm gonna be able to turn my microphone off. <laughs> Spaghetti car banana. <laughs> so stupid. So fucking stupid. Oh, Miss Valor, Miss Valor, Miss Valor. It's time. Square up. <laughs> we gotta go through yeah. all the bullshit first, though. Oh, yeah, we sure do. Yeah, this is, it's weird oh, that this is oh, a Patreon yeah. pick. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, so we were weird. Just prepared to do this at some point. We actually, we had chosen to do this episode one other time, and it was right before Joss Whedon got into another controversy and we all decided it was better for our mental health not to do it that particular week uh so here we are cycling back around to it yeah yeah getting back on this saddle thank god we did that and love to drew goddard the other writer and director of cabin in the woods <laughs> yeah great time to call him out. Uh- <laughs> absolutely all right, uh, patreon.com forward slash slash your radio. This is where our listeners, um, every month our our patrons get to pick a, a movie for us to watch and discuss. We have no say in it. They all nominate the movies and then they vote on them. Will, who we heard from earlier, Will the Thrill, there's the button. Thrill me. He put up Killer Clowns from Outer Space in 1988. Great choice. Well, he's, he's all about that, isn't he? I love Killer Clowns, too. I'm with him. And he put in parentheses for the Portnoy. I guess he wants to see where we all stand once and for all on it. Oh. Power move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure we'll get to that one at some point. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, Laid to Rest from I.R. Chris, 2009 film. Nice. That's a good pick. I haven't yeah. seen that in a long time. I remember liking it, but, like, I don't think I've seen it since it was new. Same. Yeah, so that's a really good pick. Like, like an interesting one. Just from the standpoint of I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> Nesto put up Highway to Hell. Okay. I don't even know what that is. I haven't seen it. Uh, but I did reply to Nesto with an angry face. And it had nothing to do with the film. 
it was just because that fucking tree movie is still hanging over my damn head. So uh did not win though, Nesto. Uh Tasha, the potato thief. Mm-hmm. I gotta find like a potato button, like something to do with potatoes. Uh funny games, the 2007 American remake. What a pain in the ass this one is. <laughs> I knew we were in trouble when she signed up and Kat was like, oh, that's my friend. I was like, oh, Well, we've come to find out she was my friend first. That's true. You keep saying that, but in my mind, she's always going to be Kat's friend because that's how it was introduced to me. <laughs> Why do you got to take things from me, man? Why Doesn't can't matter. I have nothing? That's he has a tough time Tasha. believing you're friends, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's that. Wow. Didn't think of that one. Holy shit. Thanks, Kat. Well, I mean, you keep there. threatening to set them on fire. So one person, you try to set one person on fire, and they just you can't get away from it. Ridiculous. You organize a campaign to set one person on fire. Um, we've all had um, moments, like we've all had slip ups where we've tried to set a person on fire, but absolutely, it's not been as premeditated. as... <laughs> Well, speaking of setting people on fire. Huge clown penis. Allie put up Talk to Me 2023. That's a solid. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Talk to Me yet. I've been trying to watch it, and uh, I just haven't gotten back to it yet. You need to watch it. It's good. I know. I know. I'm trying to get there. Uh, and Greg put up Twilight. <laughs> God damn it, Greg. <laughs> Why, Greg? Like, Greg, this could have fucked around one, dude. Like, what are you doing? This man? is for horror movies. This is a horror movie podcast. Notice how we haven't covered The Shape of Water because it, like Twilight, is a romance. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it's true. I'm just saying they have the same genre. Yeah, Greg likes Twilight. Well, of course I know he does. he does. He really likes Twilight a lot. Fucking weirdo. Um, I never understand him, like, as long as I live. Last but not least, Leah. Mm-hmm. Cabin in the woods. Good pick, Leah. <laughs> like Leah called me out for giving her so much shit <laughs> over Cabin in the Woods. So I don't know if this is like for that or she just really wanted me and Kat to finally go at it about <laughs> it and I would have to deal with shit over it or a combination of the two. But Congratulations, Leah. Uh, you got what you wanted. Here we are today. Leah was always complaining about how she never wins. Hasn't she won like two recently? She, yeah, she did. Yeah. Buffy yeah, and this one. Damn it, Leah. Once again, you're oh, full of shit. That, that's why we were apologizing to Leah, though, is because she never wins. And then the one time she did win, it was Buffy, <laughs> which she nominated uh-huh. in part not expecting to win. So, yeah, I fully expected this one to win. I'm not gonna lie. Was... He did pull a, a cool move like a month or two ago when she nominated Amityville Death Toilet. That's pretty good. Yeah, I was shocked that that one didn't win. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can we also? I I don't want to call out someone who was kind enough to leave us a review uh, by name, but can we talk oh. about the review that we got? <laughs> oh yeah 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 yeah. I am so glad I, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> hold on yeah i wish we would have started the fucking show with this one hold on i I'm forgot about it, it until buffy came up to be honest me too all right um <laughs> shout out to shark fizzle whoever the fuck you are i, I don't know why we're shouting about they clearly say in the review they're never listening again 
Well, good. I'm glad they don't listen. We don't want them to listen. Shark Fizzle. I forget. How, Rob, did you find this? Yeah, I don't even know why I was looking. Like, I never look at the fucking reviews for this show ever. Me either. And I just, for some reason, <laughs> like, I was listening to a show or something where they were doing the thing about leave reviews or whatever. And I was like, I wonder if we've got any recent reviews because I never look. And so yeah. I just popped over and this one came up and I was like, oh shit, we did. And it's one star for what the fuck? One star. What? Yeah. And uh, it's this dick face. Yeah. Dick face. Very appropriate. Uh, I, I, hold on. Where's my, my ding? I like dick face a lot for shark fizzle. Uh, they're, they're Although I'm read. not convinced it's not just cat. <laughs> I Me wish either. I had come up with this. This is, His name's amazing. The review's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Shark Fizzle gave us a one-star review on iTunes, and it re- it's, it's titled "Don't Listen." Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> and the review reads: First-time listener, and just listened to the Buffy episode. Not <laughs> sure why they keep this in mind. Not sure why they made the episode. <laughs> they seriously hate the movie. Definitely not going to check out any other episodes. If you find this show by searching for a movie you like, keep scrolling past them. They're really negative, and you'll be super annoyed. I really <laughs> love the idea that someone's looking for new podcasts to listen to, just typing in the name of their favorite movies, and they're like, man, you know what I love? Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> film. I'm going to listen to Slasher Radio. <laughs> That's just some shit luck. I feel bad for Shark Fizzle. The whole thing bad here for is, the logic is, I'm never listening to this show again. It's a terrible show. It's the worst show because they didn't like a movie that I liked. Well, go right. fuck yourself. We don't want listeners like that. We don't <laughs> no. want them. Period. No. Point blank. It is really funny, though, because, like, usually... It- we don't ever agree on stuff the way that we agreed on Buffy. Like, if you just listen to that one episode, you must think that we just harp on everything like that, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's funny, too, though, because, like, I get it if, like, it was a a movie that a lot of people like. Like, I don't think Buffy's this universally loved uh... film, is it? It's got a cult following, but I don't think that it's, yeah, I don't think it's universally loved. I mean, it's a terrible movie. It shouldn't have any following, but. It wasn't rated well. Yeah. Well, and I was going to say that goes to what I was saying when we were talking about it on that episode. This movie has those fucking people in it, dude. It does. Like, they, they do have a cult following. They are fucking lunatics. And Shark Fizzle is one of them. I want to just go back to Shark Fizzle saying they don't know why we did the episode. Shark Fizzle, what the fuck did you listen to, bro? We literally said in the episode that so it was a Patreon times. pick. Explained what the Patreon pick is. This is why we repeat stuff for our regular listeners, by the way. People like Shark Fizzle. We had no choice. And guess what, Shark Fizzle? I do hope you chat. You love Cabin in the Woods and you can't wait to listen to us fucking say about it because I'm about to get real negative about this bitch too. <laughs> like, I mean, what, what do I want to say? I would we're never not listen. Unanimously what? negative about Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> no, we're not. But I, I don't understand why people, like, would you, do you want us to be fake? Is that what you want? Like, I would never listen to people being fake about a movie. Right. I would never want that. And we pointed out some good stuff about the movie, I'm sure. I mean, Paul Rubin's death is amazing. 
that might have been it but yeah. yeah but but still we pointed it out it's not like i mean we do find try to find positive stuff where there is positive stuff and i'll tell you right now if the basis of this is that we i can't insult movies that the listeners like i mean i might as well just hang it up right <laughs> i insult movies you guys like to and then insult us for liking them yeah <laughs> like that's my brand if you're gonna sit there and cry because someone doesn't like a movie you fucking like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Don't 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 go onto it. Don't sign up for Twitter. Don't listen to any podcast because someone's gonna like some not like something you like. That really annoyed me. And it's not even the one star <laughs> review. It like I don't, I give a shit less. But the fact of like you did did you even really did you fast forward to the movie <laughs> and miss like everything in between and still judge us on like absolutely yeah. absurd i mean that to me that was the whole thing of like this is the only episode i've ever listened to they didn't like a movie that i like so i'm never listening again it's like well fuck you i can't take you seriously anyway <laughs> yeah fuck that i mean it's a review show that's what we do there are going to be things that we watch and review that we don't like yeah, <laughs> we're gonna be real, man. Like, it, uh, if you want something fake, go listen to somebody else. We don't. We're not gonna be fake and and do that just for you to listen. Sorry, bro. I will say, like, a lot of shows that have not all not all of them, uh, but a lot of shows that have three hosts, there is usually someone that defends the movie, which is usually something even we have. It's just on chance, yeah, fucking movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it. We never all three unanimously agree on something. No, I mean, it's very rare that it happens. Yeah, yeah. Unbel- I'm so glad you remembered that cat. Good on you. Good lord, I forgot completely about that. It's so funny. Fucking shark fizzle, man. All right, um, Rob, do you want to go first? I mean, I I kind of feel like I should get my thoughts out of the way, and then I can just turn my mic off, and I'll come back at the end and give you guys a score. How's that? Rob's making popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I did not take a lot of notes for this movie. I figured they wouldn't be needed. Uh, my opinion's not going to uh, be the one that's going to be interesting about this episode, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like this movie. I had a good time watching it today. I think that it's fun. Uh, I think it's a fun deconstruction of of horror movies. There were, I will say, on the rewatch today, a couple of things that stood out to me that I didn't like, um, that I hadn't really noticed before. That tends to happen when I rewatch movies, apparently. But still, for the most part, I I enjoyed my time watching this one again. Okay. Kat, do you want me to make you mad, or do you want to get it out first? What do you want me to do? Uh, Yeah, you can can start making me mad if you want, I guess. Okay. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um... This is, I think it was like the second or third episode ever on the show. Uh, Corner Pocket at the time, he wanted me to watch. Cabin oh in the my Woods. God, I hadn't heard that name in forever. What did you call him again? <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. I called him Crap Pants. <laughs> yeah, cry, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, Corner Pocket wanted me. He, his idea, what movie should we do? We'll do Cabin in the Woods. You'll love it. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen it. All right. And that was like one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And and, and when I say that, I don't like Velocipaster. I'm, I'm, I don't mean those. I'm saying like movies, like real, real movies. <laughs> hey, 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 ain't no reason to throw Velocipaster under the bus here. Movies with more than $20. All right. Uh, <laughs> so like it, that, that, that's the scale I'm going on with. I, I hated that fucking movie and it never changed. 
They never changed. And I'll have you both know tonight, even though Leah made us watch this damn movie and our listeners as well, they're all all wrong for this. But Cabin in the Woods won by landslide. <laughs> all right. Like it, it was they made their decision on what they were doing. I celebrated my last fucking time I ever <laughs> have to watch this goddamn movie. The last time I ever have to. I'm never going to watch it again. I have no reason to. I don't have to. So that's a good thing. It just, it was just honestly all over the place. They were trying to do too much. And I, I, if you're going to make a horror movie about tropes, I love Leslie Vernon, you know, I'm, I'm down for it, but I feel like I'm allowed to say it should make sense. And I feel a lot of it, not all of it, maybe about half, maybe even a little less than half, less than half. A little less than half. Just didn't make any sense with what they were trying to pull off in the little world that they created. And it 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 stuck out a lot and it kind of took me out of it. And I feel like there was quite a few spots where they were lazy, and I'm sure we're gonna get into all that stuff eventually. But that that's my general opening thoughts about this movie. And I'm very happy to celebrate that I never have to watch it again. Miss Floor, the floor is yours. I, I'm not surprised that you didn't understand this movie i think it's a very it's not a casual watch um it is a very detail oriented movie but it is it's got very cyclical storytelling it comes back around it picks up its plot threads i love the universe that they've created i love that it is a clever deconstruction of some of our favorite movie tropes. I love that it ties into different cultures, uh, different time periods, uh, everything in this one contained film. And I love that it does all of these things. It pokes fun at the genre while also being a really endearing love letter to the things that make horror movies great. It picks on uh, some of the tropes while also really utilizing them to great effect. I love the cast. Um, I am pre-controversy. Uh, I was a huge Joss Whedon fan. He has a way of doing these very, um, like, I want to call it like upbeat, cynical style. Like uh, someone described this and this was in a scathing review of why they hated Joss Whedon. Uh, but I thought it was very accurate. It described what I like about Joss Whedon, that he has a way of just of like looking at some of the biggest, most poignant moments in the world and just saying, huh. And I think that's a very human reaction. It's something that resonates really well with me. I liked a lot of his shows. Um, I, I really liked this movie. This was this came out at like um, the highest point for me in Joss Whedon's career. Uh, I really liked it. I also ended up not when I went to see it. This was one that I went to see in theater and uh, for Joss Whedon mostly. Uh, and even though I it was not true at the time, I've also ended up being a huge fan of Drew Goddard. Uh, he wrote my favorite. He worked on my favorite sitcom. Uh, the Good Place, which is very much like if Cabin in the Woods was a comedy, I think. Like, it plays with a lot of the same philosophical themes. I think the writing was just really clever. Uh, it really worked for me. I, and, yeah, I love the cast. I love Fran Kranz. I wish he would be in more horror movies. Uh, and this is Chris Hemsworth's 
Chris Hemsworth's best performance. That was a lot harder to say than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but I just, I love this one. I love the Easter eggs more than anything in any movie I've ever seen. Like, it's so good. And we'll talk about that too. We'll talk about the Easter eggs. But this is just, it's a, it's such a nod to the evil dead across the board. And I love it. I, I don't know, man. I, I understood the movie. I seen what they were doing. You said it, it just, didn't make sense. <laughs> I, the way they did things didn't make sense. Like it, that one of the the glaring things rewatching this, and, and it annoyed me the first few times as well. The gas that they were using, and I again, I said a little less than half of of some of the stuff. It didn't make like it didn't work. And the gas, like the first time they did it, was to get them to like party and have fun, and they put whatever the hell they said they pumped into the house. Understood. Got it. I like that. Then when they were, um, I don't remember these people's names. The Helmsworth and and the girl that they were in the woods and they were about Bert to. And Jules. <laughs> okay, they were about to have Mister Nasty time in the woods, and she was like not wanting to do it. So they released, uh, what well, I don't remember. They said endorphins, whatever the hell they said, to get them to want to have Mister Nasty time. Understood. Got it. But then when the jock dude goes into the house after the deadite things come out of the ground and everything else, he's like, oh, we got to stick together. And obviously that's against the lab nerds plans and all that, whatever. And then they pump more gas into the house. That's the third time you did it. It's the and third then, time you get it, but it's different every time. And the third time that you get it, it's in combination with the voice that only Marty can hear, which is the foreshadowing for the fact that it's the weed that's making him immune to the drugs. But it's but it's still what the other times they did it, it made sense. They said, OK, we're going to release this to make him do this, this to do this. OK, understood. But this what did they give him? Mind changing gas? Like what, what did it? It was very that is like that comes across as lazy to me because you did the same thing a no, third it time. explains the voice because that's the culmination of we've been hearing the voice suggest things to them uh going into the cellar playing with the objects like we hear the voice come through marty's been the only one responding to it because he can hear it but that's where we see that they're using the drugs in combination with suggestions that's the thing that he's immune to. I understand, but but what? Why do it a third time? And again, what is it that they like mind changing? Like he, it all it did was make him think the opposite of what he just said. It just makes him more susceptible to suggestion. Lots of drugs do that. But no one suggested to to split up. He just came up with it out of nowhere and changed his mind immediately that's because you're seeing that scene from his point of view he can't hear the voice that's why marty responds to that and not him the voice didn't say to split up it was just the gas came through the vent and he walked by it and turned around and said something isn't right we you don't hear the voice in that scene but that's the scene where you find out that they're using it in combination with the drugs it's it's contextual Rob, did you pick up on that at all? I just figured they used the gas and it made him change his mind. Like it was oh, I really wasn't weird. expecting you guys to need me here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did not pick up on the voice thing. I uh, My takeaway from that was that, yes, it was just the gas, but I didn't think of it as mind-changing gas. They had talked about how they were pumping gas to get different reactions out of these people. I just accepted it for what it was. I didn't think that hard about it, I guess. 
Like to and me, that, it was just like, okay, the gas is doing it. That's fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. It was lazy to me. It's like, really, dude, like that. Come on. Like, I, I feel like I feel like the gas is the suit of this movie. No, it's because it's not so, just the gas. Do you want to hear the first note that I took about this movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the credits were still going, and I uh, like the first note that I took. Mikey is going to have one dumb thing that's been making him hate this movie all these years and I'm not going to be able to get past it no matter how great of a film this is. And that's that's the thing, is it only takes one thing. That's not the only thing, though. The, the, another thing that was lazy to me was the, I, I don't know what to call him, the Rob Zombie's Michael Myers guy with the fucking trap on a leash. That was cool. When I seen that, I remember even the first time, I was like, oh, that's dope. And I, I, okay, him. <laughs> that was cool. And he just used it like, oh, it was all he did over and over and over and over. And I, like, all right, I would have liked to see him do something else. The thing was cool. Sure. He did it like five times more than that. Maybe. I don't know. It, it And it got repetitive. It was a little lazy to me. And the first, we went like a good 41 minutes into this movie, by the way, before that attack scene. And there was a good amount of time before the basement even opened. And even that, that's another thing. Before I even continue, the basement really annoyed me. Because maybe that's the one thing. I don't know. I got a bunch of things. That's almost a half hour in. And the basement, like, they're playing with the wannabe Hellraiser box, which just looked like something that someone's grandmother has in their living room as a decoration. And it's just dolls. Yeah, like it wasn't even, they didn't do a good job of making it creepy to me. Like I waited a half hour to get something and it's that. And then I got to wait almost another 15 minutes to get the scene I was talking about with the trapper guy. And not, like nothing really happened on scene, on screen. You You're had all this insane. cool shit. First of How? all, the 30 minutes thing is going to make me kill you. <laughs> I think it takes 30 minutes to set up so much less in other movies. We have a full cast of characters. We know how they're acting in the situation under the drugs. We have the context clues for how they would act normally. We've established the connection in between. We've established there's a dissonance between those two personalities for five characters. We've established a secret society. We've introduced those characters and we have a great sense of atmosphere we know that they're locked in from the wall i don't know what more you could have wanted in 30 minutes that wouldn't have felt incredibly rushed so you're like when they get down to the cellar 30 minutes in but they make the most of those 30 minutes it's incredible and also all of the props down in the basement, you can say that it's just creepy dolls, but there has to be a suspension of disbelief in between being creepy and plausibly being a storage until they choose one of the items to learn about it. And every one of those things in the basement ties to a thing that we later see in the stable. As far as characters, sure, they accomplished a lot, but it felt like a bad attempt at a comedy a half hour through was my but thing. The tones, no. it, it, what was horror before that basement door opened? The tension, it's so ominous. I didn't feel any tension before. We that. did get in that time the only harbinger in all of horror that can come close to rivaling Crazy Ralph. Mordecai's so fucking good. He's good, but he's not, he was funny. He was joking with them. He was like a meme. 
That's what I like. The, the tone of it wasn't horror at all until that point. It bounces back and forth between horror and comedy. It's it's a little bit more comedy in the first 30 minutes because that's still while we're doing setup. That's before we hit the serious notes, but it's there. Mordecai, like even when they're on the phone and they're doing the bit about him being on uh, like the speaker phone, you can tell it's setting up the tone very well because you can tell that even though he's in on the organization, he a thousand percent believes what he's saying he's worried about the ancients rising he's calling to give them a full report more than they've asked for and they can kind of make jokes about him being so serious but you know that he believes it even though he knows the thing and it, there are other things like that like with the bird uh one of the one of my favorite shots in the movie is that bird hitting the wall you know and it's just like it's setting up these ominous things marty in the uh marty and the rambler talking about how society needs to crumble so good it's just it's laying these little groundwork pieces that we pick back up on after the reveal like it's i i don't know how you could not think of this as a horror movie even in the first 30 minutes okay yeah no i and for i i'm i mean obviously i'm not going to at all argue it's a horror movie i feel like they didn't uh, oh god and the wolf yeah i i was so tense seeing that in the theater for the first time because you've seen movies like evil dead you've seen like a bunch of haunting movies taxidermy's creepy anyway she has her fucking tongue in the wolf's mouth and there's that just like undertone where you constantly feel like something could happen there's the situation with the uh two-way mirror in the rooms like it's just it's unsettling the mirrors were creepy the wolf i just thought was gross i didn't i just i was yeah i I was was pretty sure the wolf was gonna get her tongue the first time i saw this see i just got a husband's bulge watching that thing with the wolf No, it was gross. I, she was phenomenal, but like you know, <laughs> watching her lick a wolf's mouth was gross. I didn't. The the mirror thing was. I I just I didn't get like a like yeah, it was creepy because like you know he's got this moment she's getting undressed like you know that's what that but it didn't come across as horror to me. It was more like a I don't know like a moral thing. What I noticed about the mirror thing that cracked me up, and I think is even creepier. Is it's it's a little creepy that he's she's like starting to get undressed and stuff, but he does yell and he tells her and everything, and then they switch rooms and he knows that she can see in there that she's <laughs> gonna you know hang that thing and he just starts getting naked immediately. <laughs> I was like, what is? Give her a minute to get the picture hung back up and stuff, man. But he didn't care. He was he was trying to get his clothes off as fast as possible. That dude's a weirdo. He wanted her to see him. Maybe he's got something really impressive down there, and he's like, this is going to help my chances. Yeah, I mean, look, God bless, man, but, you know. <laughs> and I'll be honest, once he took his shirt off, it's like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, she was uh, not mad at first either. I don't know, man. That, you mentioned the the wall, too. Like, that was the, that's what I'm saying. Like, this movie, it's not one thing. I, I It's a lot of things for me. And like the wall was felt, I I thought that was so lazy. I did not like the wall at all. And I've heard people go on about homeboy driving the the crotch rocket thing, and he goes into the wall like, oh, it was so cool. It's like, man, no, like no, you can't. I love that. Did you? So he good. and Thor get fucking smacked up against that wall. It was amazing. Fuck that guy. 
the build and i love it's such a turning point in the movie too because it, it, we come back around they foreshadow it we have that moment we know that they're trapped in there and there's this constant feeling of like no matter what we do we're not going to get out which is usually you know we see that in horror movies where it just feels like every escape attempt is sabotaged or going wrong or whatever and to see that confirmed was such like a revolutionary like and it was cool it was a cool looking scene and watching dana break down over it was phenomenal Mm, it didn't do it for me and when I say fuck that guy about the Thor guy, it doesn't I, I actually don't dislike him. He's he's actually a really good actor and I think a pretty funny dude. But he's just too handsome, so I like to see him smack into that wall. <laughs> he's a sexy son bitch, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, that's the thing though. When we see other movies, it, it stuff happens as to why, you know, like I, I don't know jeepers creepers it i i've seen it recently so it's an even decent example you know he throws the well I, the second one specifically he throws the um i don't know like flesh ninja star at the the tire he, like it, there's a reason that that happened and like you know flat tires and cars going dead we make fun of them all the time but like leslie vernon's a perfect example they show you how it happened they don't just oh put up a wall they can't get out. It's like, man, that's, that's what why. this movie is doing, though. The wall is literally trapping them in there. They're in an arena. Like, this has been orchestrated, and we see the reason for it. It's because they have to do this. Like, it's a ritual sacrifice. They have to do it, you know? Yeah, but I mean, you they could have done anything, man. They could have done anything to the roads or a wall. I really. Just- a wall, yeah. It shows you the kind of technology that they're working with. It shows you the kind of foresight that they have about these kids getting out. And you can call it lazy if you want. You can be disappointed that it's a wall. This can be another invisible man suit if you want. But it's not lazy storytelling. Like, it, you can be mad at it as a device. I disagree with you. But you can't call it lazy because they foreshadow it. It's something that they come back around to. It's something that establishes the power of the facility. Like, it's it's good world building for the world that they have. And that's why, I, it's one of the things I love about this movie. They did a really good job with stuff like this. Yeah, but they did. You can say that about that aspect of it, the power of the facility and everything. But one button unleashes everything and they have no way to stop it or any protocol to stop it and it's one button like that's what i mean it it their balance is not there and i i'll give it this it's hard to do it and that's what i was saying earlier they were trying to do a lot and i don't know how you pull off you know a facility like that and make it make any type of <laughs> how like how does Drew one Goddard button unleash did. everything just how did like this they nailed it. But but if they have all that and all these monsters, every corner of horror in one building and one button to unleash them all into your lobby. Yes. Why? How? Like that that's what I mean. This high powered facility that's entangled with the gods and the demons and the devil and like whatever the hell they had going on with the universe. That how do you not plan for that? Like I it 
it all came crashing down. And it looked cool. Like the elevator scene, I'm sure it'll come up again. You know, that was what it was and it looked cool. But the fact that that happened is ridiculous to me. Like these people hit under a desk from every creature in horror after hitting one button and there was nothing they could do to stop it. First of all, it's like picking on the Death Star. <laughs> Second of all, it, you don't. There are so many reasons why a button like that would exist. I I can't think of one. I can think of one really big one why it probably existed. It was probably for the exact protocol that they ended up with. It just got used against them first. I'll, like. Because if you have one person that escapes into the facility, I bet you any amount of button, but any amount of money that the button protocol was invented to hunt down those two in the event of an emergency where they only have eight minutes to save the world, you take that whole fucking facility down with everything you've got. It just happened that the people behind the safety glass, which lasted not very long, were the people that were like, that needed to die for this to happen. Like it did. That's a burn the whole thing down button. And they did <laughs> like, yeah, but no one's watching the burn the whole thing down button. Like I, it, it really threw me off. I was like, how are these two? Like, I'm not going to unleash hell for two teenagers that I can't kill. It just, it, it again, the hot, that's what the, what we're talking about now was my issue. They could do all this. But they're taken down by a stoner and a horrible final girl, too. Did not. Her performance was okay. good. She didn't do anything, really. They're saying, First oh, I'm all, rooting for her. She uh, went through so much. She killed one deadite hanging from a, a rope. She suffered. Um, <laughs> yeah, but she didn't do anything. Like they were saying they're rooting for her. Like, I didn't really I root say, for her. That this is one point. I I like Dana as a character um, a lot. Character, I, sure. I have had this argument. I'm I'm not going to give you the point here for a very specific reason, but I've had this argument before because a lot of people like really praise Dana as a final girl. I really don't see her as the final girl. I see uh -huh. her as kind of the straw man that the movie wants you to believe is the final girl but really the final girl is marty <laughs> yeah like absolutely I really believe that um dana as a final girl is not super impressive no marty she's not it's badass <laughs> oh, oh 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 i beg to differ i oh boy i don't care what you do <laughs> marty is the worst no i hate marty Marty's Marty is so annoying throughout this entire movie. I could not, I was, that is the biggest disappointment of Cabin in the Woods is me not getting to see him just fucking mutilated by something. I hated that guy. I have a crush on Fran Kranz. I, uh, I didn't like Marty either, but he was clutch at the end, Rob. You can't deny that. I mean, oh, he was the I don't final care. I could end. not stand that guy from he the minute annoying. he got out of that fucking car with that stupid bong. The bomb was, turned into a thermos. Uh, and then he used it as a weapon. Cat, so I am annoying. smoking weed right now as we speak. And I don't <laughs> care. Like, yeah, And everyone he, goes on about the bong. I don't care. Yeah, he's he's so annoying. I do do he's the worst part of the movie for me. What? Yeah, the absolute worst. <laughs> and I don't I'm not super familiar with this actor that you apparently really like. I really like. I, 
I don't know if that's like just I don't know if it's just a bad performance from him or if that's just the way he is. And I don't like him. I don't know. I will but say this I, is a very unusual performance for him. Okay. It's my favorite of his performances, but it, it's not the kind of character that he usually plays. I, so good. He should never do it again because he's fucking annoying as hell. He can do it again if he wanted. <laughs> my mom gets really mad at me uh, because we'll go out to watch movies and there will be like a really attractive man in it. And I always end up having a crush on Fran like and she uh chris hemsworth i think was the first time it had ever happened they have chris hemsworth in there and then they had the guy that they bring in he was in gray's anatomy um where he was like the most attractive man ever on that show and then they bring him here to be like the attractive man in this movie and i was like that's he's fine i guess and it was the same thing because um frank kranz was in the dark tower movie also oh uh, god it elba and i was like <laughs> Look at no Frank one Kranz. should have been in that movie. That movie's no awful. Should have been in that. Movie. Fucking terrible. No, I I think he did a great job. And no, I no, love... he did not. Did, did that? Maybe he did a great job, and that character's supposed to suck. I don't know, but it's I hated Marty with a burning passion. Every time he opened his mouth, it hurt my soul. That character was not supposed to be terrible. He, and he wasn't. I love because. Okay, he has a line in there really early in where he's like, society should crumble, we're all just too chicken shit to let it, which is the thing, because, like, as a horror fan, isn't there always kind of part of you that's afraid to see the killer get defeated because then, you know, then the movie stops, then, then we're done. And it's like, I I really like because, obviously, the end of this movie they don't succeed. Uh, they let the world end. And I like, as, from a storytelling perspective, that this movie was not too chicken shit to let the world end. And also that Marty stands his fucking guns. Like, he's willing to die for Dana. He's willing to go back for Dana. He's willing to protect her. He's willing to fight zombies. He's willing to dismember a zombie with a trowel. He's willing to give her a gun after he's told that he needs to die. But the one thing he's not willing to do is sacrifice himself to save the world. And I love that. I I fuck it because he he stands his ground on it. He has a chance to end society, which we know from very early in the movie he wants to do. And he fucking does it. And I love yeah. it. I would argue, though, there is a difference between society, letting society crumble and ending the entire world. Those aren't necessarily the same thing. They're not necessarily the same thing, but he had a chance to do it and he did. I guess. I mean, he's a fucking idiot. I, I could not stand that character. Uh, it's the worst. The absolute worst. I don't give him no points for that because I did the same thing. If I got to fucking go, you're all going too, man. What the hell I got to die for? Me? <laughs> and all the people? No. Yeah, no, I don't give him points for that. I'll give him. Well, they did a terrible sell job on him. When, when, you're, when you're trying to sell, to sell somebody on that, you can't talk about how the whole world's going to die and talk about it You've in such a large You've got to find, like, one person. Yes, you have to find their family, right? Your mother's going to die. Your father's going to die. Right. If you don't sacrifice yourself, your kid, if uh, he probably didn't have kids, but your kid's going to die. You know what I mean? That's how you got to sell it. Not not the whole world, because we all, everybody knows the, the world. world shit, and we all hate everybody, right? FTW, yeah. Yeah, but there are people that you care about that you could strike a chord with if you were trying to sell somebody on that idea. Right. And that's what you got to do. I the do think she should down. have like suggested that he die to save Dana, you know, because he had been yes. protecting her. I think that would have yeah. been a lot more effective. Yeah. Terrible but it's not down. as dramatic. And, and uh, 
I really like that scene too because it's like she you can die with them or you can die for them and then he acts I think like anyone would in that situation where it's like <laughs> terrible fucking pitch no <laughs> like yeah, the ending didn't help win me over either I mean like just I don't know a Sigourney Weaver out of fucking nowhere for no goddamn reason I was like okay yeah. I don't mind the indie night. Like, I, Sigourney uh, Weaver, what's wrong with you? Why you hate Sigourney Weaver? She's cool. I do not hate Sigourney Weaver. It just was she, out of nowhere. She was Ripley. She was Dana and Ghostbusters. What the fuck's your problem? And it I wasn't understand. out of nowhere because we know that they've been receiving calls from a higher up, and then we get to meet the higher up. Like, that checks out. But it didn't feel like a horror movie. It felt like the end of Mission Impossible or something. We're rush hour. You know, <laughs> like, it, it just... it. I don't know. It felt weird. Like the whole ending was weird. And then like the werewolf thing comes out and it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's just, it, it didn't, I wasn't happy till that point. So, you know, like what, what do I, what I think about the ending is it going to be great. Just like, that was, you always hope for something to happen. Like you're, I, you're, when I go into a movie, I don't want to hate a fucking movie. I mean, I knew I was going to tonight, but <laughs> when I first watched it, I don't want to hate it, you know? So it's like, you're always holding out hope. It's like, damn, man, something's going to fucking happen. That's good. Come on, let's go. And then the ending is like, all right, it's the end. They, they did all this shit. Let's see it. And it's like a bunch of blood dripped in outlines and Sigourney Weaver standing there saying the world's going to end if you don't kill this stoner. It's like, what? And it's, is like I said, and everything that happened afterwards, it was just like, all right, where are we going here? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, we talked about that ending from from Marty's perspective and how he was given a terrible pitch and everything. Um, but what about from Dana's? I would have killed that motherfucker in a minute. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's going on, man? Between any of them, she Sigourney Weaver couldn't have got the werewolf to kill. Like, I, it just it it didn't work for me. Out of everything, and that they're going through this facility filled with all these monsters and. Like with immunity, like they're just being ignored and walking through. Like, how does he not die? How does everyone not die? You know, like at least if it was the jock guy, you know, maybe he could have fought off like, you know, something, but not like a werewolf, but at least fight your way. Like they're just wandering through this facility with chaos going on and nothing. There was a little bit of plot armor for them there, but they got to get to the lot. They got to get to the ending. I, I was okay with it. I mean, I, I didn't think I didn't think anything happened that was so egregious in their journey that made me go, oh, they should have died there. You know what I mean? Like, they just, they got through somehow. Walking through every horror creature ever? Yeah, but none of them, they weren't, like, directly attacked by anything that I thought, oh, that definitely would have killed them. They weren't attacked by anything. And also, from Dana's perspective, I, it, it's not like she has a lot of, she has eight minutes to think about this she tries to kill marty which is like the gut reaction right like you get it uh kill this dude you're gonna die a really painful death along with everyone else in the world you don't want that she tries to kill him she feels really bad because he's her friend he's been like getting her through all of this and after the attack there's kind of this moment where it's like i i think there's a certain numbness that again it feels kind of believable to me because she's just watched how awful humans are to one another and everything that it takes to keep us going behind the scenes. And I think that's where she comes around to the idea that maybe we're not worth saving, which from her perspective, after everything we've seen, especially when we see that the point of the movie is to make her suffer, she hasn't 
she hasn't gone through the physical pain that everyone else has, but she's witnessed, like, just thing after thing and lost everybody this night, you know? Like, I... I get it. Yeah, but it would have taken me about eight seconds, let alone eight minutes, to decide I was killing that motherfucker. <laughs> you didn't like him. Yeah, well, that's true. That that might <laughs> that might play into the decision. <laughs> Rob, she should have died on that dock too. I just remember that. That was another thing that pissed me off. That was that made me laugh. Like with <laughs> the fucking what was the song that was playing? It was some fucking like Ario Speedwagon song or yeah. some bullshit. And she's getting tossed around on the dock. That was funny as hell. <laughs> but, <laughs> but why? Do you know who Ario Speedwagon is, Mikey? No, I don't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's also, it's another thing that I love about this movie is because there are so many, like, stark contrasts in it. Like, the song and her getting thrown around. And then there's also, there's that really somber moment uh, that the two orchestrators have where they're like, well... She certainly did. Tequila is my lady because he gets like distracted. And it's like, I love that it's just their jobs. You know, this is like a workplace environment for them. Um, And you can see the desensitization, which they kind of they address in the movie, you know, because the new guy comes in, you know, and the chemist is trying to console him. And she's like, you get used to it. And he's like, should you? And the answer is obviously no, you shouldn't. But when you see it every day for years, you do. One thing I didn't pick up on, Kat, and, and, I, I, and maybe they don't make they don't address it at all. But how often do they have to do this? Once a year. Okay. Maybe they uh, did address it, but I, I didn't notice it or whatever. Yeah, every country does this every year. All right. So, and yes, it was "Roll with the Changes" by Ario Speedwagon. I'm pretty sure it was the song it was playing. Very funny. I don't know, man. This, this thing, it it just. It didn't change. It didn't change at all. And honestly, a little, a part of me was scared. Um, a very small part of me was scared <laughs> watching this movie. I've only seen it twice before tonight. And it was the first time I watched it when, whenever the hell that second or third episode of the show was. And I forget why the fuck I had to watch it. Uh, I think someone didn't see it. And I don't remember what it was, but I watched it one other time. This is the third and last time I'm watching this movie tonight. And part of it's been a while, though, is the thing. And I was like, man, <laughs> I really hope I don't end up like I knew I wasn't going to like it. But I was like, I really hope I don't end up liking more than I remember because I've been going on for fucking years about this goddamn thing. <laughs> so there was that little doubt in there. But honestly, man, it it did. It did more damage than anything. I was like, all right. No, it's I don't like this. Not for me. You hate fun. <laughs> I don't hate fun. This confirms it. And I love I the Easter eggs in this are so good. <laughs> you said you wanted to go through the Easter eggs, Kat. Do you want to go through them? I do want to go through I okay. the one Easter egg, and it's the one everyone always talks about, but I love the fucking monster board that they have. Uh yeah, there's some good stuff everyone. on it. Angry molesting tree is one of the best <laughs> references I've ever seen in a movie <laughs> where they're like all placing bets. And uh, when you see it written out, it hits a little different, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love and I love the commentary, too. Like, th- this is an, an Easter egg because it's a line in the movie, but they're talking about the um, like how zombies are different from 
the redneck zombie torture family. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they they say that it's like the difference between seals and elephant seals. <laughs> I thought that was just really funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Mikey, what do you think of the performances in this movie, though? I mean, because I think there's really solid work going on from a lot of people in this movie. Um, performances? I mean, yeah, nobody... Like the um uh the wolf kisser, I mean she was <laughs> like she was great, you know. Like she, I see the thing is I I don't like I don't like I don't know how to put it. The characters were what the characters were. They were meant to be typical horror, so you know, like they were playing into that, which mm-hmm. I don't like to sit and watch. But like I, you know, I know what they were doing. But the the performances from the actors, they did they did fine. But I, see, I think that's that's though is one of the more interesting things about the performances is, as you see the sort of um, the puppeteers or whatever are you know injecting these mists and these different drugs and sort of things, you can actually see the changes happening in the characters. I think it's great acting work that's happening. Yeah, they're, um, they're fine. I, I think the performances are, are terrific, and you know Bradley Whitford, Richard Jenkins, uh, both amazing actors. You can't uh, give enough credit to them for everything. Mm. The lab guys were the ones that threw me off the most, honestly. Really? Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know, man. It's like, you're taking me out of it entirely. I'm like, what the fuck? What is this? No, those guys were, I thought they were great. I love watching They were watching so funny. Movies. Yeah. I mean, look, Richard Jenkins, star of the 2017 horror film, The Shape of Water. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Um, uh, and Bradley Whitford's just great. He's been, a, he's in a lot of stuff. He's always great. And get out, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm again. I'm stuck in a weird thing of I don't know if I because I don't like those characters, the lab cat. I, I didn't like the characters. I liked them the most. I, I had the most fun yeah. with the stuff that was happening in the lab. Yeah, I think I did too. It's it's hard because I like every part of this movie, but I do really like the stuff that's going on in the lab. Yeah, to me, that's that's the most fun of this I, from from all the way around. I just think that that is to me that's the stuff I I enjoy the most. And I really like too how he's just he gets so obsessed with the idea of seeing a merman. Uh, yeah, there's this one line um, where they're having the party. They're talking. They think that they've you know succeeded <laughs> uh they they come up and they congratulate him you know and he's like yeah i just think it would have been cooler with the merman <laughs> which like uh it's such a fun like director vibe you yeah. know where they won't let you get away with something and you're <laughs> like man <laughs> <laughs> well when they're talking too he's like he had the conch in his hand <laughs> i don't know man it wasn't for me and like that's the thing too like obviously that's a giant part of the movie you know so like i I don't like it's not that i don't like the concept as much as i don't like the execution of it and you know obviously that's a giant part of it and i didn't like that so yeah it's gonna trickle and the other speaking of the uh departments uh the other easter egg that i really like that went under because i feel like this is one you can watch it a bunch of times uh, and catch a new Easter egg every time, uh, which is no longer true. I've now seen this enough times that I, <laughs> I think I'm pretty familiar with it. But it took a lot of watches for me to get there. Uh, I think the one that I noticed, like the 
the one it took me longest to pick up on is he blames the chem department for America's only failure in the record in 98, which uh, has been confirmed by the writers is a reference to the faculty, which came out in the 90 in 98 and was about drugs uh, that kids use to (laughs) save themselves from imposters of their teachers. Is that a good movie? I haven't seen that in a long time. I also haven't seen it in a while. Yeah. I remember it being a lot of fun. Yeah, I feel like I liked it when I last time I saw it. But I, I remember time. really liking the faculty. Yeah. I don't know, man. I I think uh I think you uh had a little trouble with your suspension of disbelief with this movie for some reason, Mikey, and it's ruined the whole thing for you. And I feel bad. I think for that's you. the thing, because it is a very you have to have a high suspension of disbelief for this one, but I think once you get into this is what we're doing. I think I don't think they could have executed it better than they did. I don't, I don't know. Think they would could have. My suspension of disbelief is open, but you have to. If I'm going to go to that level where you're at, you got to keep me there. You got to stay there too. You know, like don't bounce around. And that's you know that's what it came across like to me. I I get into a fucking leprechaun running around, man. I could deal with it, but he was a leprechaun through and through. So like I didn't have to go in and out of it. You and say that, having... but there are a lot of movies where your suspension of disbelief is the problem. Invisible, we talk about the suit a lot, but also slacks. Right. You hate fun, and you didn't want to buy the slacks, and you couldn't just get behind the haunted pants thing. <laughs> I can get behind a haunted thing. I love paranormal movies, but I don't. Do I get, you? You I didn't do. like slacks. <laughs> I did not like, like slacks. <laughs> I did not like slides, but it, it, again, keep me there, man. The invisible suit didn't work for me because I'm looking at every time I see it. I'm like, oh, well, all you have to do is this and it's useless. You have to keep me there. And it didn't do that. A fucking wall. God damn that wall. <laughs> that might be the suit. If there was one thing, that might fucking be it. I don't know. Stupid the wall didn't wall. bother me at all, man. I, I thought it was <sighs> fine. It's like Star Wars. Like, what the hell? very weird i don't know i it, it'll just be back and forth until the uh until society crumbles apparently <laughs> we're gonna let it yeah fuck yeah we are I would. That, um and on that note like as we're i we're not done done but like as we're winding down a little bit as we're calming right. down from the cabin in the woods debate i do want to mm. talk about the end from one other perspective um and okay. that is this again with the uh retrospect because now that i'm a fan of drew goddard this surprises me a lot less uh but not having always been a drew goddard fan i really like the uh moral philosophy implications of the end of the cabin in the woods because there's this thing that we see a lot in fiction that in moral philosophy is known as a supererogatory act uh which is basically it's like the martyr trope right where it's like you can do this thing and you'll be unquestionably a good person you know you can be jesus you can sacrifice yourself for the good of everybody else uh and you're you're a hero you're a martyr you're revered forever best person for life kind of a thing um and we usually see that trope brought about in a way that the person takes it up on it but like in moral philosophy, it's discussed as a thing that you don't 
have to do. Like, it can't reasonably be expected of anyone to do it. And I think this was the first time I had ever seen in media this covered where the person decides not to, uh, which is very funny because, like, when you see it discussed in lectures and classes, it's the kind of the assumption is that the person won't do it, which is what makes the doing of it so extraordinary. But like in media, we always see the person take the opportunity to be a hero. And I just I really love the implication that Marty is as good of a person at the beginning of this movie as he is at the end. You know, it's interesting. It's fascinating on like an academic level. I don't find Marty fascinating at all. (laughs) (laughs) Did not like that character one bit. Marty is my suit for this movie. Interesting choice for a stoner. I'll get I'll say that. He was different than any other stoner maybe I've ever seen, especially in a horror movie. Marty also has one of my favorite so I I am biased because I like Fran Cran so much, but he had one of my favorite movies moments in this movie because he's like he's trying to he comes up with the whole puppeteers thing, you know, when he figures it out and he's like whispering to himself. And Dana's like, Did you say puppeteers? And he's like, Pop Tarts? Like Yeah, I was pretty funny. He gets so excited. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> yeah, he was not Jack Black officially the worst stoner I've ever seen in a horror movie. No, by, the by way. far. Absolutely. No, if this movie had had Jack Black in dreads instead of no. Marty, this would have been a perfect film. No, he would have put his weed in the fucking pool, dude. What do you mean? <laughs> He's a horrible stoner. That's your suit for that movie. Absolutely. Well, I had a lot of suits with that movie. That movie is Can you smaller. imagine watching Cabin in the Woods, but it's just Jack Black? blocking people you know the the whore is finally about to show us her breasts so the killing can begin and jack like like hey guys want to go outside yeah i've got some that i have are you gonna does cat get bleep for saying blocking absolutely yeah fuck Uh, i didn't even that went right by me yeah no you gotta bleep cat she said what the word is called (laughs) it's true but now i gotta bleep you how many times you said like twice god damn it guys (laughs) And cat's up to 12 bleeps for the year. You're up to 43, Rob. <laughs> I've got some catching up to do. Yeah. And it's also worth mentioning Matthew Cote has one. <laughs> Everybody remember that. Um, Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, Jack, Jack Black. Oh, man. Fucking this, at least Marty was like, oh, he's got a, what do they call it? A husband bulge or whatever. <laughs> husband bulge. Yeah. That was yeah. And, and he walked out. Jack Black would have jumped on the couch and be like, hey, what's that? Yeah. No, man. Ugh. Disgusting. All right. Are we ready to get into reviews and whatnot for this thing? Yeah, we can get into reviews for this. All right. Um, the Cabin in the Woods is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes with a 92%. God damn. Uh, There's 92 people out there. They're wrong. That's crazy, dude. 92 92 critics. Um, It is not as well received with audiences, I do have to say. It's got a 74% audience score. That's still so high. Um, And it gets as low as 7 in imdb although it will it's not always the case this used to be higher rated on imdb which is about to come up as we get into reviews um i pulled 
as I always try to do, I pulled a one star review and a 10 star review. Oh boy. Um, we're going to, and I chose these two specifically. These are mostly one stars and 10 stars. Like there are a lot of not, not a lot of yeah. people that feel middle of the road about cabin in the woods. Um, that makes sense. I chose these two specifically, not because they're funniest on their own, but because I think they're really funny when read back to back. Um, so let's start with the one, one star. Yeah. Um, one out of 10. If you are a diehard over the age of 15 true horror fan, then you will hate this. Hate wow. all capital letters. How did this film get an eight? Uh, which is in <laughs> reference to the previous score. Uh, what a stupid film exclamation point. Absolutely pointless. How do I know this film was so bad? Because a lot of the reviews are from people who admit they don't normally watch horror films or don't like horror films usually, but this was quite good. Ha! You think this could be called labeled as horror? I just didn't like this film whatsoever. All capital letters, exclamation point. Stupid synopsis, stupid idea, stupid, stupid, and not to mention stupid. I'm angry with myself for watching this with a <laughs> face. Wow. Only good point. <laughs> Sigourney, massive bad point. Death to Sigourney. Do not what? waste your time, people. Wow. Yeah. Well, written by Shark Fizzle. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name, Cat? Written by UK UK Claire uh, underscore four seventy five on IMDb. All right. Well, I agree with every single stupid that UK Claire underscore whatever <laughs> said, but. I I will admit that they're wrong for saying it's not a horror movie. I understand. Uh, I agree with them on the level of, you know, their their moments were hard one way or another, and to me, and you know, uh, okay, I'll, I'll you know, I could, I'll, I feel that way. But to say it's not a horror movie is wrong, flat out. Uh, yeah, they did not think it was a horror movie. They wanted Sigourney Weaver to die, and they do not think that horror fans could like this. So. Mm. Well, they get a candy bar. Big old candy bar. Uh, Big old mounds bar. Like, let's go back to that, I think. King size almond joy. I I don't like that because I agree with them overall. But, I mean, that is a very dumb statement to say it's not horror. Um, But I do want you to keep in mind, like, those specific criticisms. Not a horror movie, not for horror fans, right? No. Adding into our 10-star review. Uh. 10 out of 10, one for the horror fans. It has literally been years since the horror genre had something nice to offer with crap security camera footage films dominating the landscape, parentheses, crap like paranormal activity, just in case (laughs) you didn't get it. Uh Uh, After the demise of the once mighty torture porn, parentheses, saw, and the rest. (laughs) Oh, I like this person a lot. Yeah. This was Rob, Cat. This Radio Rob 123 did this one, wasn't it? Son of a bitch. I do want to point out that he, he calls it the once mighty torture porn. Um, so yeah, I'm, moment. I'm choosing to believe that Saw gets a pass and the rest do not. Uh, just when Some the horror the fans... <laughs> 
Just when the horror fans like me began to lose all hope, along comes The Cabin in the Woods, which plays as both a tribute and subtle parody of the horror genre. The basic plot is a copy-pasta version of Evil Dead. Some teens go to a cabin in the woods to party and then cue the ancient, unspeakable horror. If you think that's bland, remember that the trailers made it obvious there was something more to the bare-bones plot, and by God, there is a lot more than just a bunch of teens getting high and drunk in some run-down shack. If you haven't seen the trailers, prior to the film, let's just say you're in for a lot of twists and turns. To say more about it could end up spoiling more than one detail, so I'll just say that the plot is smarter than you could imagine. While it does pay tribute and homage to an old, tired, and uh, tested genre, the movie does not fail to be both funny and horrifying. It does more than just play the genre convention straight. The script is dotted with moments of random dark humor that work in the story's context. The dialogue points out some of the flaws and stereotypes of the genre, but it never does it as an in your face way, say, similar to Scream. <laughs> it never uh, does it in an in-your-face way. Okay. Similar <laughs> to Scream. <laughs> it's really mm-hmm. subtle, so if you know the conventions, you'll know the jokes. The characters may act their stereotypical ways, but for this one, it is actually justified. Every bit of the genre that made it more of a joke as the decades went by is given justification, and it works. The horror is old school. Kill shots, decapitations, nightmarish creatures, etc. None of that kill shot cutting seen a lot in PG-13 garbage or shaky camera crap that we have seen way too many times. This is a horror movie, so people die on screen, not off screen like today's movies, mm-hmm. which don't even show a drop of blood. Visually, it is not the most impression of on-screen kills ever, uh, but in a time when almost everything is being marketed to children, this is more than a refresher. The Cabin in the Woods is really one for true horror fans. It is for the people who have grown up with the likes of Freddy Krueger and have grown weary of today's quote-unquote horror. It's not only a fright fest, it's a lot smarter than one could expect how it works. If you're new to the genre or don't really like it, you'll not get it. Um, Otherwise, if you like horror movies uh, and love seeing passion on screen, you will like this one. That's why you didn't like it, Mikey. You hate horror movies. <laughs> from the from the sex scene in the woods to the dude flying into the wall, the only thing we seen on screen was a hand stab. That's it. I don't uh, know what the hell is it. After that, sure. Everything in the elevator on, yes. Got plus it. Plus the decapitation also. And no. also the throat stab. The decapitation was off screen. All they did was put the saw to her neck. But we see the head. We see that. Okay. But that's how many times you see a head rolling down steps. I'm not Halloween resurrection did that. You know, like it's not the the decapitation. They didn't even (laughs) show it. His defense to paranormal activity and scream getting roasted was. This guy is the resurrection. (laughs) It wasn't in your in your face like scream. Yeah, scream never put gas in someone's face to change their mind. I guess I mean yeah, in your face, literally. Okay. My my biggest problem with the interview is him referring to kids going to a cabin in the woods and getting killed as being a, a tired old formula because that too, I'll be honest with you. I would watch a movie about kids going to get a cabin in the woods and get murdered one by one right now. Like I have absolutely, yeah, like, oh, that'll never get old to me. That was no. something I didn't even talk about. The cabin in the woods is like one of my favorite tropes in horror. Uh, and I love that they just came out and said it in the title. <laughs> They're just like, Hey, yeah. We're doing this. But yeah, I'm never going to get tired of that. 
Like yeah. that's it's the best thing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. I don't I don't need anything more than that. But but everything else right. he said about paranormal activity and shit, that's all true. It's no, fuck funny. him, man. That was a mighty time too, goddammit. Um all right, is that it for reviews, Kat? Yeah, we're good. All right, we All got right. quite a bit of trivia for this one. Most of this oh, stuff, yeah. though, is stuff that I already knew, so I'm assuming that that everybody else already knew it, too, but we'll go over it anyway, just in case. Okay. Um, first of all, the budget was estimated at $30 million. Jeez. Uh, the worldwide gross was $70 million. The coffee mug slash bong was actually a fully functioning mug and bong. Um, it cost them five... Uh, five it cost them five thousand dollars to make. Nice, worth it. <laughs> uh, during the uh, during the lake scene, the only person not to jump in the lake is Marty. He actually remains on the dock and he's fully clothed. And the reason for that is because Fran Kranz was apparently in better shape than all the other actors. Um, he said <laughs> was quote ripped like muscular Jesus, and it would have ruined the character. <laughs> Um, that's that's also part of the reason why he always wears baggy clothes throughout the film. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, apparently that motherfucker was shredded. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, well, this doesn't work for Marty. <laughs> Much of Drew Goddard's inspiration for the movie came from his upbringing in Los Alamos, New Mexico. It's a place that's filled with scientists and all their co-workers, and they go about their daily lives uh, in seemingly routine, ordinary business uh all while building nuclear weapons that could potentially destroy the entire world huh. uh josh whedon and drew goddard wrote the script in just three days mm. the failed rituals from other countries are references to various classic movies and monsters the kyoto ritual is a reference to ringu uh buenos aires is a reference to king kong and stockholm is a reference to john carpenter's the thing yeah i felt bad for king kong Dream production MGM saw the dailies of a scene with Chris Hemsworth, and on the basis of his performance, they signed him for Red Dawn. Two days later, Hemsworth was also chosen to play the lead in Thor. Both Red Dawn and The Cabin in the Woods would eventually be delayed for several years when MGM went bankrupt and they were finally released a year after Thor. Mm. Um, I don't remember. Do you guys remember the floating head monster? Yes. Okay, I, I'm not sure which monster that's referring to, um, because there are a lot of fucking monsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the floating head monster was played by the movie special effects makeup artist, uh, David Leroy Anderson, who happens to be the husband of Heather Langenkamp. Huh. And Langenkamp herself was on the makeup effects crew for the film. Wow. Uh, Fran Kranz received extensive prop and behavior training in order to capture the stoner persona of Marty. He received a two-hour joint rolling session and a separate bong lighting session from expert consultants. I could have did that. Can you imagine this ripped guy showing up and like all these people, all these stoners on set trying to teach him how to roll a joint? I'd do it, shit. Consult me, goddammit. That would have been good. Just find a stoner guy who can act. Why do they have to go through all this for this one guy? He's uh, oh, well, actually, because I was gonna say because he's amazing, um, which he is. But he also he was friends with, uh, not friends with, but he was like one of the regular cast members of Joss Whedon Productions at the time. Oh, uh, this was like Dollhouse era, which is actually what I know Fran Kranz from. He played uh, Topher in Dollhouse. Uh, 
Uh, Drew Goddard said he was extremely uncomfortable directing Anna Hutchinson's nude scene. Um, he says that uh, his high level of dif- discomfort from nudity comes from his Catholic upbringing. And he said that Hutchinson was per- uh, purely professional and actually comforted him by suggesting <laughs> that it wasn't a problem for her to take her top off. I would have did that job, too. He didn't want to do it. I'll roll the joints and film the naked chick. Yes, sign me. I'll do it for free. Uh, the film's release date was postponed because the studio wanted to convert it to 3D, despite objections from Josh Whedon and Drew Goddard. Um, the plans were eventually scrapped, and the film was only released in 2D. Good. Probably smart, yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was considered for the role of the director. Yeah. Um, Goddamn. The car that Marty is driving is the same car that director Drew Goddard drove all throughout high school. (laughs) It shows. Yeah. Uh, Many of the scenes that take place in the control room were shot on location in an actual office building, and they had to wait and shoot those scenes at night when the location was vacant. Uh, Drew Goddard uh, also wanted Bruce Campbell to play the director. Oh, that would have been different. They were shooting high, huh? Yeah, his big thing was he wanted somebody who was... Uh, notable in the horror genre to play that yeah. character. The website Complex chose Anna Hutchinson's scene as number 15 on the list of 15 best topless moments in mainstream horror movies in 2020. Nice. It was a nice moment. I'll give yeah. it that. Yeah, that was, a, that was the best part of the movie. The movie's opening was a deliberate attempt by filmmakers Drew Goddard and Joss Whedon to confuse the audience and make them think they'd walked into the wrong uh, movie theater. <laughs> It was the fucking beginning of this movie. God damn. Oh, I will say, I never thought I was in the wrong theater. I was confused. Yeah. <laughs> but again, if you've seen enough Joss Whedon productions, you're kind of like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> Why would you not start a horror movie this way, I guess? And finally, immediately after an early pre- preview screen uh, screening with fan Q&A, the first question director Drew Goddard was asked was, will there be a sequel? To which God. he responded, have you seen the ending to my movie? <laughs> Thank God it ended like that. Jesus <laughs> Okay. I don't want a sequel. This is one where I would take a similarly run. I really want to see more of the Japanese children beating oh. <laughs> the ring. Oh, that was so I want to see game. more American commentary getting mad at Japanese school children. That was funny. That was really funny, yeah. No, it wasn't. It came from out of nowhere. It was so dumb. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, but when they're yelling and cussing at those little kids for not dying, that's hilarious. <laughs> no. All right, Anything should else? we get into Portnoy's uh, here? Yeah. All right. Um, I feel like Mikey's going to be the disruptor this week. Uh, so sh- oh, disruptor, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so oh, he, yeah. Should, he should go last. Kat, do you want to go uh, first, or do you want me to go? Um, I'll go first. Okay. I- Honestly, I wouldn't mind Kat going behind me because I'm I want to know if she gives this above X. And that is the I'll be real mad. I'll say this. I want to go first or last. (laughs) I feel like Kat should go last. I can go first if you want to get it out of the way. All right. It doesn't matter then. All right. We just usually try to save the disruptor until last, but that's fine. Look, there's no secret here it's not gonna uh, be much of a secret <laughs> yeah uh, honestly the, okay i'm in a weird spot because you don't want me to hit you 
No, I know you're gonna hit me. I'm I've I've accepted that. It my thing is prod time. I, I did not I did not enjoy this movie more this time around. In fact, I enjoyed it less. But there were certain things I was able to appreciate more. And it made me feel giving it as low of a score as I would have gone before watching it wouldn't be. I can't bring myself to do it. Um, I'm going to lay at like a. God damn it. This is so much higher than I want to fucking give it. I'm going to give it a 2.9. And that is honestly the best I can fucking do. <laughs> honestly, my hatred for this movie. I know we have sticks on the show. I really don't like this fucking movie, but you know, they had gore. I wish they would have in the simpler moments of it. I wish they would have given us a little more. They had blood. They did what they did with the deadites. I wasn't in love with that, but it was, you know, it was good. But I wanted to see more of the practical, like, you know, all the monsters were great, but I wanted more practical where they could have in the beginning of it. But it, but the, the attempts were there and it, you know, what they showed us, you know, as far as the effects look good, the practical effects look great. Actually, I just wish there was more of it. Uh, that, yeah, that I'll never like this movie. It's just never meant to fucking happen. Mikey, you're, also put me in a weird spot because it's somehow both a lot lower than I had hoped you would go and a lot higher than I thought you were going to give it. I don't know if I'm more or less mad. In my mind, Kat was already getting her shoes on to drive over to Mr. Cat's boyfriend's guy's house and be like, to pick up my cattle prod. <laughs> get up, put your Crocs on. We're driving to Long Island. <laughs> now, I honestly, it would have been lower before. Today, I appreciate honestly. you trying to be more fair to it i um, did the best i could i and i listen i'm not happy with the score i still might hit you but i do appreciate it <laughs> i gotta live with myself both ways on this one yeah so that's the that's what the fairest <laughs> way i could fucking do it all right is that uh is that me yep that's you all right uh the cabin in the woods the first time i saw this movie i did not like it um because it was not what i was expecting to get um, which is something that is a me problem more than a problem with the movie. It's something that I do a lot. Uh, and that's a story you'll hear me tell a lot. I think I've said it about, uh, all three of David Gordon Green's Halloween movies coming out of the theater. Like, what the hell was that? That was terrible. And then upon rewatch, I've settled my expectations a little bit and I've really enjoyed those movies. Um, with the cabin in the woods, I thought I was getting a story of kids who go to a cabin in the woods and get slaughtered. And I am, but there's also a lot more going on that I wasn't anticipating and it wasn't what I was expecting upon rewatches over the years, though, I have, I've come to really enjoy the movie. Um, once I knew what it was, uh, obviously, uh, I think it's very funny. I think that it, it does a, a really great job of deconstructing all the, the tropes of horror movies. I do wish I liked Marty more though. That character really, really drove me crazy. Um, particularly on this rewatch, I, it's never really bothered me before, but there was something about watching it today where I wanted to reach into my screen and strangle that guy. He was just driving me nuts. It's a good thing I didn't try because apparently he's cut like a motherfucker and would have killed me, but <laughs> he, he, I just found him to be super annoying. 
Um, but really, that's my only complaint with the movie. I think the performances are fantastic throughout. It, it's just a lot of fun. Um, I give The Cabin in the Woods an 8.6. Jesus Christ, Rob. It's a good movie, man. It's a good movie. God damn. Christ almighty. All right. Cat, what'd yeah. you do? All right. So uh, for a long time, The Cabin in the Woods was my favorite movie. Like not my favorite horror movie, not my favorite horror comedy. It was my favorite movie of all time for 10 years. X came out uh, and I have had a lot of like back and forth with uh, X being my favorite horror movie. I, I talked a little bit in the beginning about um, the how I feel like it might be whichever one I've seen most because while I was going through that do I like X more than The Cabin in the Woods? I was watching X a lot. It was still in theaters. It was uh it just recently came back for another like special showing of it in theaters. Uh I got the Blu-ray. I've been listening to the soundtrack at work. Like I've been very X focused. Um I announced X as my top horror movie of all time like just our last episode where we did the bracket. Um but rewatching Cabin in the Woods for the first time since I've seen X, uh, made me really just love the cabin in the woods uh, more. I don't know if it pulled ahead. Those are, they're two of my all-time favorite movies. Um, I, this watch made me really remember why this was for a full decade, my favorite movie of all time. And, um, I, I love Marty. So I don't have like that one complaint that Rob had. I love the attention to detail. I love cyclical storytelling, which we see over and over and over again here. I love the Easter eggs. I love the performances and the story and the concepts. And um, when I look at horror comedies, this is pretty much the thing that I measure them against. Uh, when I look at so many different subgenres of horror, I look to the little like nods that they got in Cabin in the Woods. This is my perfect 10 out of 10. So get the fuck out of here. There we are. She gave another movie a fucking 10, Rob. How many 10 out of 10 are you going to give, Kat? Uh, two. The Cabin in the Woods and Jack Frost. <laughs> <laughs> Holy God almighty. She fucking did it. <laughs> I'll be damned. Uh-uh-uh. And honestly, if we had recorded this episode before the, uh, top 100 i might have changed my order for those top two watch x again quick <laughs> when we're done with this put x on honestly i might watch them back to back um at some point during spooky season to see if that helps bring some clarity to this the issue is that i did have a criticism about x you know that knocked a couple points off i but they should be closer i think would you give it mikey a 2.9. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Rob, raise it just a little higher. Quick. <laughs> it's a 7.2. You tanked this, you motherfucker. <laughs> you knew he was going to. What did you think was going to happen here, Rob? She gave it Come a on. 10. She gave it a perfect 10. And you tanked. Unbelievable, Mikey. Hope you're, I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy with yourself. Are you new here? You know, the thing that kills me about this is because when we came up with the Portnoy system, when we decided on Slasher Radio, I, I called this the day that we came up with Portnoy's and we had not decided if approved was above a seven or above a 7.5. And my exact words 
The only argument that I had for it being a seven instead of a 7.5 was that Cabin in the Woods was never going to pass if we made it 7.5. And here we are. I was right. <laughs> I called the fucking math. Well, Leprechaun wanted to pass either. If one well, yeah, but it's fucking some... Leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, this is the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> but it's something I love. That's what I'm saying. Like, if one of us really doesn't like something, it shouldn't be approved. Uh, if I gave it, if I gave it a ten out of ten, it would be approved. So it, it would take two tens to get. Like, when does that scenario come up? Terrifier two will never be approved on this show. It, but it, that's Terrifier two. Terrifier two has a better chance of getting approved. There's I think no, it way. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Because I don't trust you. Because Rob, even his lower scores, I don't know. Next week we're doing Terrifier two. I've got to see how the math plays out. I can guarantee. I well, I don't know. I'm pretty you, sure you're a fucking wild card. You might give it like a nine point five just for no reason. <laughs> there's a reason I might give it a nine point five. I don't know. This is my top like what twenty movies ever. But it, <laughs> I can. It's true. Your brain is broken. I swear to God. But I can damn near guarantee I gave this movie more than what Rob will give Terrifier to. Two point nine. You gave it. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. See, like, yeah, it's, it's the way it is, man. I just fucking you gotta, I gotta live with that. There's just a lot of shit. Resurrection on that. Oh, what the fuck did I give Resurrection? That's a question. I get that an eight point five. It wasn't sniffing no damn approval. Robbie, if you get that a two point one, man, what's wrong? You, with you? gave Resurrection an eight point five and Cabin in the Woods a two point nine. What Absolutely. is your life? Absolutely. <laughs> We're damn near on the exact score opposite of this one, almost. <laughs> there you have it. Fucking Cabin in the Woods. I hope you people are happy. I'm never watching this movie again. And honestly, it's this over. might be back to be my favorite movie of all time. It's so God good. It. This Fuck episode it. has caused all sorts of disruption. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it was going to. We knew this was going to be the thing. I'm glad it finally happened and it's over. Honestly, it's not hanging over my head anymore. It's done. It's over with. I thanks a lot, Leah, for fucking <laughs> ripping that bandaid off. I can't believe you of all people did this to me. Allie, I could see it. Greg, I could see it. Chris, I could see it. You of all people, Leah. God damn, that one. Well, what do you think we've been talking about at those meetings all this time? We don't have any meetings. I don't know. Maybe we might have one next week now because of this. <laughs> maybe. We'll see how it goes. Now, I won't be here next week, so I'm picking the movie for you guys to watch, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Next week, we're talking Blumhouse. Mm. And Ryan Turk from Blumhouse will be on the show. Fucking <laughs> you picking a movie. Jeez. I could pick, pick a movie. A good one for you guys both to watch. Yeah, okay. It'll be Freddy's Dead. You won't have to watch <laughs> it again. <laughs> Rob, you'll, I'm sure you'll have your RE desk of crap for, uh, we're going to probably do like top 10 or top five Blumhouse movie. We'll see. Maybe I will. Maybe I, I'm a busy man. I can't just be firing <laughs> off memos all the time. Firing off. Okay. The only thing you ever fired off is after you ate watermelon. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. Uh, patreon.com forward slash slash radio. If you want to be in on, uh, the wonderful group of people that, make us watch movies that we hate a majority of the time definitely sign up tiers starting as low as three dollars a month uh make sure you read the tiers uh the fucking tier two is where you get the patreon show 
this week we did our power rankings. Uh, Rob did uh, power ranking of the patrons, Rob. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've come to find out that apparently, like, some people don't like being ranked. Who? Wild. It don't bother you at all, huh? Who, me? Yeah, like ranking people. Like, yeah, no, you no, don't, don't bother, bother me ranking people. I'll do it all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. Uh, yeah, it's a great community. And um, it's everything that all these people in the, uh, that are members of Slash Radio Patreon are everything that Shark Fizzle is not. And that's what I love about them the most. <laughs> uh, so head over there and check it out. Uh, a free trial as well. Well, some of them so. are kind of like Shark Fizzle. No, they're not. They're not. Some that of them. like Shark Fizzle. Some, I mean, there are three or four names at the bottom of my Patreon Patreon rankings, kind of like Shark Fizzle. <laughs> Shark Fizzle's an idiot, though. We literally said like three or four times why we were doing that movie, and he's still <laughs> in the review. Asked why we were doing the movie. Fucking idiot. Slash Radio on Twitter as well. I'm at Mikey's Dead. You can also check out Cult FM. The other a show that I do with uh, Little Miss Huge Clown Penis. Huge Clown Penis. And um, yeah, that's wherever you're listening to Slash Radio. Uh, we will not have a show. Uh, we did not have a show this week. Uh, that also is my bad. Uh, but we'll be back next week with something fun. So, uh, Rob, what about you? Uh, I am at uh, Radio Rob123 across all the social media stuff. You can listen to the other show that I do with Kath at Nick fucking Woo Cagecast. It's Nick effing Woo Cagecast. Uh, in your podcast player things because they won't let you say the word fuck in there in the title of your show. They're fucking don't f- sucking cowards. Right? Oh, trying to catch up to Rob. No, it's okay. She used it in a sentence. Remember? That was yeah. the rule. <laughs> That's not the rule, oh. man. And don't forget, of course, it is uh, October, which is uh, Italian American Heritage Month, so make sure you, uh, you make sure you say hello and uh, to Mikey and, and you know, uh, show, show him his, your love of uh, Italian American culture. Oh, also, uh, on Cult of Fem, I forgot. I'm excited about this. I don't know why. We did it 31 days of Halloween. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, that's on our Twitter also. Some dope-ass movies on there. I feel we did a good job. Came up with you say dope-ass so. or dumb-ass? <laughs> it's a mix of both. Oh, I've looked at the list. <laughs> the dumb-ass ones were alleys. Obviously, um, were none of mine. Oh, there was a mix of both. <laughs> Terrifier 2 is on there, Rob. Uh, question answered. <laughs> I asked a question, you answered it. Thank you. Son of a bitch. Cat, what a, hold on, wait a minute. No. Cat, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at cat underscore valor, V O L E U R. You can find me on the other social medias just at cat valor. Check out my website, catvalor.com. And shout out to I or Chris, who did buy my book, Revenge Arc. <laughs> yeah, Chris yelling at me. We didn't have a show last week, and Chris yelling at me for what I said. Jeez. Ah. <sighs> We don't know what we're doing. Oh, yeah, we do know what we're doing. Blumhouse stuff next week, guys. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best of Slasher Radio podcast.